And welcome everyone to a brand new episode of the Shut Pro- Up Idiot! Hey everybody, this is a new edition of the Elite <laughs> Beat, your source for all the AEW news, reviews, and previews. I'm Andy. Sitting right next to me is Jenny. Hello. 116 miles to my southwest, it's Megan. Yo, what up, morning dudes? Beyond that, we got 180 miles to our east. It is Mr. Justin Shapiro, many, many time contestant. How you doing, Justin? Let's get it popping, morning dudes. <laughs> Hell yeah. And before we pop, I got to say big ups and welcome to our guest today, 3,568 miles across that big old pond. It's Alan Cunahan. I feel like... Those guys that were in the ring when Scott Hall took over <laughs> Nitro. I'm 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 Mike Enos. I'm the other guy who I remember. Steve Dahl? That's what I was gonna guess, but I, I was scared. Andy, I was wondering why you were wearing an all denim uh, shirtless vest and uh, uh, outfit and slicked back hair with a toothpick, and now it's all uh, it's all explained. Wonder no I've, more, Alan. Wonder no more. I've been taken over. The Pro Wrestling Paradise. Sick of the torch claiming to be where the big boys play. <laughs> Look, this is this is all fun and games here, but we have serious <laughs> business to attend to. And the first He's thing right. we do around these parts, it's called the Elite Beat Pop of the Week. And what we do is we go around, we open beverages, we say what we're sipping on, and then we sip on it. So... <laughs> As is our custom, my wife will start. Jenny, what's going on? I've got a Shirley non-alcoholic brute sparkling wine. Ooh. Let me crack this one open. Oh, wow. That was resonant. Well that done, was Jenny. A, that was a much smoother uh, crack than Andy usually has when he tries to... Uh... To open his things, there's always the the extra bit of. Uh, he seems to be struggling as well here, from what I could see on the. Uh, I can't. I couldn't remember what mine beer was. Um, mine is a crispy pilsner from the Wolf's Ridge Brewing Company. I'm going to put the lid of my brewmate back on. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> now, I'm, now I'm in my head about it. This Alan. is typical. <laughs> Oh, that was a rough crack. You know, guys, <laughs> Megan, what do you got? Um, I got a box of wine, and as, as is traditional on our show, it doesn't make a noise. So I guess for no reason whatsoever, I lift it up, and then I just, like, I just, like, hit it. Like, that's what a box sounds like. Slap it's that full bag. of wine. Yeah. All right, Justin, you know this bit. You know... The, if it's the Elite Beat uh, Thursday, I gots to be opening my drink that we all know what it is. And of course, just to reiterate, it is a caffeine-free Diet Coke, because they were out of the Coke Zero. Oh. Does it taste bad? You better believe it. <laughs> glug, 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 glug. Mm. Back to you, Andy. Thank you. And, uh, well, you know, I can't imagine that Alan would be hip enough or up on things enough to have his own pop of the week. But I guess we could ask him what you sipping on Alan. 
Well, I'm going to be uh, joining Megan in the soundless uh, non-audio variety as I cannot do a a pop. Uh, I could have done a, a little kind of a... Uh, no, this isn't going to make a noise. But what I do have is... Now, you guys were worried because of the time we were recording and it being a, a school night that mm-hmm. I may be uh, struggling, like getting tired here. So, um, you know... I could put your worries to bed, so to speak, excuse the pun, or I could intensify them. And I'm going to, <laughs> I'm going to make this an even riskier situation of me falling asleep as I indulge in a Twinnings Sleepy Tea Valerian and Orange Blossom with passion flower to contribute to normal sleep. I'm getting tired mm. just listening to that. Oh, Alan, that sounds delicious, but what are you doing? <laughs> I'm ensuring that I get a normal sleep, Megan. That's exciting. <laughs> when you start a podcast at 12.30 a.m., you're not going to get a normal sleep. It's not going to happen. Uh, but you're underestimating how excited I am to, to be doing this podcast and the adrenaline <laughs> that's flowing right now. Did you not listen to me just like waffle uh, nonstop for half an hour um, uh, before we started recording? He's citing your lore. He's a longtime fan. You can't doubt his credentials. It's I don't. I just, you know, it's quite a choice. I was a little worried, Alan, that you were going to say, like, I'm just cracking into a huge uh, cup of coffee. And then right. I, thought I thought you would thought go the other way. Fully I was afraid you were going to crush an energy drink and we would feel doubly guilty for what we've done. Yeah. <laughs> I'm really all over the place because I did have a coffee right before my nap earlier that I took <laughs> down to. Um, seemed to work well. I had a nice nap. Wow. Your well, like internal system must be so confused. <laughs> it's it's confu- that's one way to uh, that's one way to document this confused is a nice term if you drank I mean, cough considering... medicine would you start coughing and stuff <laughs> I mean and we're you know we're already starting from a position of snoozy Thursdays right so <laughs> okay and oh, he's a fan was... and he knows some of your shit as well and it's great to see two legends link up and collab <laughs> Snoozy Thursdays has been a difficult thing to achieve um, since uh, since January first, as as Jenny can relate. Um, <laughs> yeah, nine a.m. meetings have um, have been appearing on the docket on Snoozy Thursdays. I, I feel like someone in work got tipped off to Snoozy Thursdays, and I'm getting trolled. Yeah, they must have listened to the podcast. Wasn't put on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> Now, Alan, do you have like a special tea setup, like a fancy teapot or a fancy kettle? I I do have a teapot that I use when uh, both myself and my wife are enjoying tea together. Um, but uh, she is sensibly in bed asleep, so um, yeah, no, just I'm just using my polar bear mug, um, right out of the kettle, and uh, yeah, my 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 kettle actually lights up uh, blue in a very similar color to your microphone. <laughs> Ah, nice. Yeah. Everything is connected like Shyamalan signs. <laughs> <laughs> Can we just talk about like tea and bedtime routines for the rest <laughs> of the week? <laughs> We're all buying this pay-per-view, right? It doesn't matter. That was, I, Guys, does that reflect the level of enthusiasm you're feeling at this point for the All Elite product? <laughs> if only Tony Khan were here to promote. It'd be, it'd be oh, so yeah. action-packed. I, 
I actually had news about that with regard to um, the topic of the show and discussing AEW and the um, uh, pay-per-view preview. Um, in an effort to um, take back control from this hostile takeover, um, I am going to um, uh, turn the tables on you guys because my sinister plan, uh, which will now take effect, is that I'm changing the topic. Yes, it's Forest <laughs> Paradise, not the Elite Beat, and I have the power to do this. Uh, screw you, Andy. Um, mm. So I was very distressed listening to the Elite Beat last week and um, discovering something which just really, really hurt me. I'll, I'll, I'll be honest, and I, I feel I need to write this wrong. Um, God. Uh, what did you do to Alan last week? <laughs> just, Justin... You'll know that we have um, we have a history of doing some great shows together, uh, talking about the tag teams of wrestling past. And that is what this show is going to turn into. As we do, the Elite Beat Pro Wrestling Paradise presents to you the career of the natural disasters. <laughs> I was I was so sad to hear that Megan's childhood wasn't spent Playing with her toy earthquake and her toy typhoon Hasbro figures in the uh, car park of a supermarket like I remember specifically from when I was a kid. Just earthquake splashes and um, yeah, just they were two of my favorite Hasbro figures. They were two of my favorite wrestlers. Those just great big natural disasters of men. Uh, sending tremors and uh, throwing water all over uh, the WWF and I think we've got a lot we can get into and uh, Justin um, I know you you were tipped off to this plan so you have some notes uh, laid out as we uh, as we school Megan on the natural disasters uh, at, at 100 matches she needs to watch you, you're gonna oh, start us off I'm there like we rehearsed I'm ready to start talking around <laughs> Is that what the natural disaster sounded like? Or was Justin just eating? Justin's just being his hosting self. <laughs> you know, Jenny, you're not far off. There was there was a bit of that. It, it, this, it was always very screamy, um, threatening promos. And yeah, sometimes they'd get a bit murmured and gurbled like, like that. So um, Wasn't that the time of those? Metaphorical. They were usually like, all of you out there are the land or the sea. And well... The big earthquake and the big typhoon are going to smash you right up. Oh, so they're Captain Planet. Their powers combine. Hold on. Andy has to show you a picture of them because I don't know if you'll quite compare them to Captain Planet. Um, And you may see a ball. Oh! <laughs> Alan, school her. I'm not like in trouble anymore. Ball. Why is that appropriate? I'm not in trouble anymore. Now it's Jenny. Sideball. I had those What's Hasbros. The... I like those Hasbros. Those were they, they were like uh, they were always like lingering around like the top heels of my fed. Alan, What's Andy just ball? pulled up. Andy pulled up his um, you know stock photo of like when you mention them, he just whips out his phone and is like, "You mean these guys?" Uh, he uh, this a sideball is the opposite of a fuckridge. It's like a side Sorry, boob, but for dudes. <laughs> yeah, you can't, you can't, you can't, it's so salty. You gotta, 
This is going up. This is going up on the torch website. Oh, oh no! Oh, oh no! Wade, Wade, Wade is blushing tremendously right now. Oh my God! The, the Thirty years of purity of the torch down the oh, absolute no. drain here. I'm like so sorry. I did guess. not know we we're not allowed to cuss. I will not say another curse. This is, this is an our usual filthy show. Oh man! Don't worry. Are you able to take that out? I am, but I'm not going to. No editing. I swore it on the torch. I swore it on the torch and they didn't catch me. Alan, if you, because I can't really, there's not a good way for me to do this. So if you Google image search natural disasters, the natural disasters, WWF, the, the, uh, it's the first image that pops up. Okay, um, cool. I, the well, I'll do that. I want, I want you guys to, um, I'm going to turn this into a, another game, um, which I think is very funny. Um, Earthquake, the character in blue. I assume he's in blue in your photo, Andy. Uh it's like blue and red and white, and it's 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 when they're they're they had very matchy matchy gear in this picture. Their, oh, their onesies have their names on them. Well, Earthquake is the balding guy. That should correct. Oh, that helps too. Okay, so Megan, you can go first here. Oh gosh. What okay. age is Earthquake <laughs> in that photo? <laughs> Okay, hold on. Let me pull the photo back up. It's not that far up in our text chain. What age? Oh, no. Wait, so were these guys big in the 80s? Like, what era am I working with here? This this photo is likely 91 or 92. Yeah. Really? I would have thought 80s. Okay. Um. What age? Well, like, like I want to say. If you get it right, you win the carnival's stuffed bear. <laughs> He looks he looks rough, but I'm gonna go with probably younger than I think, so like thirty-five. <laughs> Jen, Jenny, do you have a guess? I also, since it's early nineties, think he's probably younger than he looks. So I'm gonna go thirty-three. Hey, Jenny. You are closer. He's twenty-eight. No, you're lying. <laughs> you're lying. That's yeah, I am not lying. He was, uh, and it's funnier if you look at photos of him from like his early twenties when he was a sumo, or when he was uh, an all Japan uh, trainee, um, or even when he first came to WF. He's like, he's like twenty four, twenty three, twenty four, and he looks like fifty. <laughs> <laughs> but wow. then he always looked fifty, so he he maintained that look for the rest of his life. Yeah, he's like yeah. Arn Anderson type. So yeah. I guess at 80, he looks really good. Well, oh no, he, he might have. Oh no, <laughs> he went, he went for it. Yeah. Alan, yeah. did you ever, did you ever hear the, the? This may have been before you were uh, listening to the show at all, but like, did you ever happen to hear the episode that Justin was on where Jenny found out about uh, <laughs> Over the Edge, 1999? Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> I just had a well, flashback. That's, that's I thought dark. I was gonna have another incident. <laughs> Her slow discovery, though, was like very listen. It was worth it's worth a listen, even if you're not a regular listener of our podcast. Go seek it out because it's an incredible journey that she takes. We are oh, I do have to direct all the ear holes of the new listeners to that, and you can at the end. But yeah, yeah. these are some some of the cutting edge shit we've gotten up to would really turn your brains inside out, uh, including <laughs> this. Just to paraphrase, it was kind of like, oh no, that's so sad. Well, they stopped the show, so then what happened? 
To which Justin, I believe, I believe you started laughing and then said, "Are we doing a bit right now?" <laughs> the uh, and then what happened? Uh, the answer to that question, Jenny, is uh, Vince McMahon sued the man's wife. <laughs> it's really yeah. a magical tale, all around. <laughs> You know, Earthquake was in the main event of the first wrestling show I ever went to. Oh, nice. Against Hogan? Yeah, it was like, it was a Hogan. It was part of that run. It was, uh, it been, I guess it would have been 1990 at the at the old Columbus Convention Center. Columbus Convention Center. I'm not, that that doesn't ring a bell. As it, I, I'm, I'm good with certain are- Ohio arenas, but that I don't one think, doesn't. I don't think they ever did TV from there, so. I am. Um... I was very happy to see the um, oh god now uh, the another the another center. I was very happy to see the another center getting a getting some play uh, a couple of weeks ago. Oh yeah, yeah, what a cool building. Yeah, and the Hara Arena being another one. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. I don't think I've ever I'll... been there. I've been to the Nutter Center. I've never been, I don't think I've been to the Hara Arena. Um. So. As Jenny has established, uh, Earthquake won't be appearing on AEW uh, uh, Revolution pay-per-view uh, this weekend, but um, many, many good wrestlers will be, and uh, <laughs> be some fun matches, some interesting matches, some matches we're excited about, some matches we're less excited about. And, That's uh, one of my go-to podcast hosting segues for wrestling podcasts. I'll go, speaking of wrestlers, <laughs> then you can talk about anything. <laughs> That's, why you're, That's why you're the most in-demand podcast <laughs> guest going, Justin. I guess Typhoon could theoretically show up. Mm-hmm. But should he? Sure. He could. He, you know, he if he was gonna, it would have been while Cody was there, because he... Child, Fred, like, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uncle Fred. Right. He's Cody's. He's Cody's uncle, and he was uh, uh, Cody as a what, like ten year old, was in that vignette with him in WCW. So, um, where he's like Maybe shoving he can... stuff up his nose and all this. And, yeah, <laughs> he can join the the natural limit or whatever that's called. <laughs> Naturally limitless. Oh, that's better. That's a, is the opposite. Someone, someone said, it's like uh, you drinking. <laughs> <laughs> hot water <laughs> thirsty someone said that uh, they should have just gone with naturally oh shoot that is better mm-hmm. yeah yeah that would have been that would have been good but uh and that is taking like... in the um breezango direction because fa breeze makes so much more sense yeah I think and the stories that was copyrighted or something and the jericho uh, or not jericho um sammy Guevara. Sammy Guevara and Jake Hager, their team name wasn't Sammy Hager. <laughs> they like went with some other stupid name instead. What is going on here? I think they did go with Sammy Hager for a while. Oh, did they? I think yeah, Jericho, were... Jericho made it happen. And then like Sammy Hager sent in a cameo or whatever to talk about it. It was like during the pandemic when, you know, Sammy Hager was probably bored. And friends with Jericho. I'm assuming, right? He knows all the old rock people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Alan, you are so scarred by these failed uh, portmanteaus that your <laughs> eyes wouldn't let you believe it when it actually came to fruition. <laughs> oh, no. Sorry. I knew I was. I, you're right. That was the one I was getting confused. The recent one. It was Jericho 
and Daniel Garcia, they should have been Jerry Garcia. Oh, that was the one. Man. They were like, I was like, what? This was like a recent thing. This wasn't a pandemic thing. And I was like, yeah, no, you're right. That was, uh, but it was like they called them, uh, what did they call them? Oh, they did have a stupid name, didn't they? Yeah, it was really stupid. It was just like <laughs> Jerusia. I think it was Garcia. Yeah, that was it. Yeah. yeah. Awful Ooh. shit. Yeah. Um, oh. Let's make that the That Bitch Show of 2023 and get it on the air. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait. You mean the good one? Yeah, let's do that. Um, so better. How, how do you want to do this, guys? Will we just go through the pay-per-view card and maybe talk about... Um, both how they built to it on Dynamite this week, because of course you guys always uh, review Dynamite as part of your your weekly routine. So I don't want to stray too far from that, but we could we could talk about how Dynamite built to each of these matches, and then just in general, um, your thoughts on the the match going into it. Yeah, it sounds good to me. Um, I've got a card in front of me. If you want me to to start running things down. Please, because I was going to hopelessly go from memory and no doubt get confused a bunch of times. So, Andy, I will leave yeah. it to a professional. Well, um, for the first time in history of All Elite Wrestling, there are, you know, Rampage has not happened yet. And Saturday afternoon uh, tweeting hasn't happened yet. So there could be like five more matches added to the show. But right now, as we speak, there are only eight matches on this card, believe it or not. And but one of them is a 60-minute match. One of them is a 60-minute match, which kind of necessitates that. So yeah. That, you know, still, thank God. Um, by the way, did you see, did either of you see um, the headline today that uh, Danielson is lobbying to open the pay-per-view so he can get to bed at a reasonable time? More power to him. Yep, yeah. that was the last thing I saw before I entered the studio to start recording. <laughs> he should ha- he should have a sleepy tea before he starts the match. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say, Alan, he's he's right, kind of in your area of expertise. There, he probably is gonna quit Here's his how. match and have his sleepy tea. I'd say Brian Danielson already has a, a decent amount of valerian and passion flower in his regular diet. Anyway, I don't think he even even needs to supplement <laughs> it. He seems like the type of guy who would both like know what those things are, grow them, and consume them. <laughs> Well, since we're already talking about Brian Danielson, let's, uh, we will start with uh, with that. MJF versus Brian Danielson in a 60-minute Ironman match for the AEW World Championship. I believe this would be the first 60-minute Ironman match in AEW history. Pack and Kenny Omega had a 30 minutes um, way back in the day. Uh, they did a 60-minute match. They did, but it was just a 60-minute match that went to a draw. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. When was that Pack Omega match? Was that um, was that so long ago? Year? Or was that on TV? That, was that might have been the first couple TV. months. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, it was a long time ago. But now we've got a sixty-minute version. Um, Alan, before anything else, I just have to ask you because I asked I asked Justin um, because he happened to be our guest the week of the Hangman Brian Danielson sixty-minute match. Um, are you an Iron Match pervert like me? <laughs> I definitely was originally like I remember in 2000 when like Rock and Triple H happened and a couple of other ones. But, you know, I think the ones that took the shine off for me were um, I think there was like a Brock Lesnar, Kurt Angle one, maybe on the, SmackDown. Yeah, it was kind yeah. of like, 
it was not it was not the best format. It was not the TV is not the best uh, place for a match like that. Um, On SmackDown, I, wouldn't that be like half the show? It was, yeah. Oh, ugh. Um, but no, just or Alan. I was I was also very very like influenced uh, by that uh, Rock Triple H one. I, I that's still I would say is my favorite match of that format. Yeah, that was an Undertaker coming back, and uh, like yourself uh, tonight, Andy, he was wearing all denim and uh, looking <laughs> looking like the American badass that he was. Uh, and he, as and are he, you, and and like me, he took over the show. Yeah, exactly. Um, but uh, will you miss your time cue at the end, like he did? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I'm trying to think of other Iron Man matches that I've particularly liked like i do find that there's certain tropes that have developed in iron man matches like the one that you predicted would happen um on this which i think you're probably going to be right um the uh uh mjf doing a um a heel thing to get dq'd and then capitalizing by immediately getting a pin wasn't that yeah, you yeah. predicted that yeah 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 you, which is you, which is a spot straight out of the rock triple h match yeah exactly and it's yeah. been it's been done i think i think too much now at this point that i'm kind of like i'm wary of them going that route and i hope they i hope maybe they put a spin on it that maybe they start going in that direction and maybe do something a little bit different to throw you all, throw you a, a curveball. Um, I think if they, if they are creative, like these are the right two guys to try to put their own spin on a style of match. That's maybe gotten a bit tired over mm-hmm. the years. Um, I don't think they'll be like watching a load of iron Man, old iron Man matches to take ideas. I think they'll probably know what's been in, previous Ironman matches and they'll probably be looking to create something that's fresh and new so um that's what i'm hoping for anyway um but yeah they're all just... always i can't think of any that don't do the like that's an insurmountable lead for the heel you can call this one over and done with because it's historically impossible for him to come back from the number of falls he's behind anyway what else is going on so you'd almost think between that, the fact they just did the 3-1 deficit in the best of seven, and that no one really believes that Danielson can win, that they would find a way to do, like, the Danielson gets up on the upstart MJF, and now he's really has to go deep into his well of shenanigans to find a way to claw back into uh, equity. Yeah. Do you... Do you hope that they uh, that they go many many falls here, or do you would you like to see them go a, a minimalist kind of route like a Sean and Brett? Which I I kind of part of me wants that, but also Sean and Brett was dreadfully boring. So um, <laughs> you know I, I I do I defend that match to some extent, but it it really it you know right from the start you can tell how much they're paying. It's like. I think I think they didn't know how tired they would get, so they extra paced themselves for that first thirty minutes. Um, but uh, I I would I'd say like let's do let's do five falls, let's do a let's do a three to two kind of uh, kind of match. That would I think that would be good. 
Can I ask a question I've had since learning of the Iron Man match? Yeah. Historically, like, what is the average amount of falls that occur in one of these things? Like, how, or is it just all over the place? I think Triple H Rock was 5-4, if I'm remembering right. Yeah, that was the first one to do, like, a lot. Like, previously there had only been, like, a couple of Iron Man matches, um, I think. And they were all, they were all, even the half-hour ones didn't have a, a lot of falls. Um, well, obviously, they would be less inclined to have a lot of falls. But, yeah, so, but then, yeah, Triple H and Rock was... and like, 6-5, apparently, sorry. Yeah, six, five. and oh, that five. was, like, that was super exciting as... But both myself and Andy remembering and thinking of it so quickly when we think of Iron Man just speaks to how exciting it was because like just having all those falls one after another like for me as a 15 year old like that was super exciting like I was I loved that so much um, but yeah then I think a lot of ones since then have kind of gone that route and it's um it kind of becomes diminishing returns a little bit. I find it's it's a hard balance. Like I'd like to see them. Maybe the other thing is you get a lot of falls kind of at the end of, of them, which makes sense because you want that drama at the. But I, I think I'd like the idea of like someone fighting off a a lead, like MJF getting a lead, and then at the end of the match just fighting off Danielson to preserve his lead whether it's running away or or whatever he needs to do i think that could be an interesting route to go but yeah like it's it varied there's there's i it's kind of either matches that haven't had very many or matches that have had like 11 or something like that there's not a lot of middle ground so um the average is probably uh... like a middle ground but there haven't been many with that middle ground i think would be the answer to your question megan I was okay. trying to get the average, which is, I must point out, there have been 30-minute ones, too. So you'd have to multiply those by two if you wanted to have an accurate <laughs> average. But I remember the one in Pittsburgh that I didn't go to between Ziggler and Rollins, where Pittsburgh was actually very rude, and I'm sorry. But that one had, like, a zillion falls in 30 minutes. And the well, you went loved to, all of them. You went to, like, the most legendary, best-remembered ladder match of all time, right? At uh, Bragging Rights, though. And that was... Uh... That was another 6-5 one. That is right, and I forgot that. <laughs> Justin, that was the <laughs> second time you've forgotten that you went to that show on the Elite Beat. <laughs> I know. I had the deja vu now of realizing I was at two Irons Mans, and I could have been in three, and we had that conversation once. But yeah, Orton tried to blow him up with the pyro. <laughs> Sadistic individual. Or, and I don't like to defend Orton, but like... Tactically smart. I suppose so. He had buttons. Why not push them? Exactly. So, how boring do we think this match is going to be? That's what I was going to ask you. What will it take (laughs) to keep you awake for it? You have to go to sleep sometimes. She's hoping Danielson checked out before. She's hoping Danielson gets his wish, and it's the first match on the card. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, I'm I'm curious to see it, but I let's be real. I probably won't by the time it actually goes on. But what, were, mean, you, were, you bored, were you bored by the Danielson hangman match? I by the end. Okay. That's, that's, you know, it's a lot of the same thing uh-huh. on the TV. Wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, that one hour match happened without being announced as a one hour match. We just got fooled into it. 
And before we knew it, this is how I felt. 20 minutes had passed and they didn't stop it. And it was like, uh oh, this thing's gone. We're doing this. Well, and I just, you pause with MJF because he has so few matches. And I don't remember any of them being particularly long. So I do worry about, like, visually the stamina of MJF in this match. He's young. He's young. Yeah. They showed him doing... Sorry, go ahead, Megan. I was going to say he just needs to tap into that rage over his fiance leaving. They they also showed him uh, doing that gimmick where you throw the ball at the person's stomach on uh, on dynamite this week. So I guess that means he can he can work a long time. Yeah, that's a that's a good indicator of stamina, <laughs> I guess. How many times you can get a ball thrown at your gut and stay standing? I genuinely believe he feels like he has something to prove, but I don't know whether that artistic ambition will mean that we'll get a great match. Although Danielson probably did fulfill his goal to do a 60-minute match without falls already. Um, so that makes me think he would want to try something different with uh, doing finishes back and forth. Alan, what was that What was that Ring of Honor match from way back in the day where Danielson was like, like his plan was to go like three hours and then he bailed partway through? Yeah, it was uh, him and Austin Aries. Um, and uh, they were going to have... I think it was a two out of three falls match they were going to have. And Danielson wanted the first two falls to be one hour time limit draws. So that would be two hours. And then the third fall, they'd they'd feel out the crowd and see how long it would go. And uh, that was the plan they went to the ring with. And uh, I think about like 40 minutes in or something like that, they were like, no, we might need to adjust this plan. And they did something. (laughs) A lot shorter. That's just like oh. mean to the crowd. Yeah, I know it's off. <laughs> well, at least they pivoted. I, they could have been really stubborn and just done their plan, you know. Like <sighs> what, Austin Aries stubborn? No. <laughs> so, how do we feel about um, the build of this? Because it's been going on for, well, I guess since Regal went away, really. Um, because that was like that was like his parting gift. It was like I'm gonna kickstart this. I'm gonna kickstart the build to the next pay per view main event here. Um, back in God was that December? Oh, mm-hmm. wow. Yeah. Okay. I I feel like the promos have been very good throughout, but it's 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 a very common problem I have with a champion defending their title. Not for the first time, because you have the Starks defense on Dynamite, but like the first big title defense of any champion, where it's hard for me to get that invested because I know that they're, I I, I pretty much know they're not going to drop it the first time out. I don't know if you, anybody else struggles with that with with these kinds of things, but yeah, I would agree. Also, I really want Danielson to win, but I know that he's not going to. So it's just like, I'm going to sit through an hour of like this match that's not going to end the way I want it to. <laughs> I think there was genuine um, intrigue when Danielson came in and wrestled Omega and he was the champion because you knew Omega had not gotten to Adam Page yet, but also Danielson was new and could be treated like the best wrestler who ever lived. So the fact they did a draw ended up meaning 
yeah, what else could they do? You can't beat the champion, and Danielson is like this huge acquisition. And in the year and uh, five months or so since then, Danielson's been like an important part of the show who has done a lot of great things, but he's lost plenty of times to plenty of people, so it's not like it's impossible to imagine him failing to acquire the championship heavyweight belt of the world. Has an Ironman match ever ended with, like, a tie, essentially? Where yeah, they... Brett, Brett and Sean was a tie, and they went to overtime. It was very controversial. Very controversial. <laughs> oh, Megan, it was very controversial. <laughs> okay, just checking. Just what were the overtime rules? Well, oh, if you ask Bret Hart, yeah. there were none. <laughs> oh, gosh. It's one of those, huh? His favoritism is bullshit. He's the golden <laughs> boy. <laughs> he packed Alan, how about you? That he thing, took that his ball and he went home. You ever... Oh, I'm sorry. Bret took his ball and he, he went home. And uh, um, then he came back to wrestle real wrestler Steve Austin. <laughs> That's right, uh, Alan. That, what about you? The thing that I'm describing with just the uh, the the lack of plausible deniability of uh, of a champion of MJF stature losing in their first major match does that does that ever like hamper uh, your ability to get engaged in the program? Yeah, for sure, Abs- absolutely. It's always whether it's even to go a step further if it's like a match you've had spoiled for you like if you know the result it's it's often a lot harder to enjoy the match as much as you would have if you um were watching it live and obviously if you're watching this live you aren't gonna know for sure i mean anything could happen technically but um it does seem like a pretty big banker and and i think in a lot of cases i wouldn't I'd, I'd have to really struggle to like for a, a very good example was the recent Okada Shingo match in, in New Japan. Like Shingo's my favorite wrestler ever, but it was just very, and people love that match and they're saying some match of the year and stuff like that. And I was just so such an after, um, a, uh, such an unlikely scenario that Shingo would win that title and kind of knew the match would go long and, Every time Shingo hit a big move, knew Okada was going to kick out and just waiting for Okada to hit the climactic Rainmaker. And as a result, it was kind of hard to get into those twists and turns, even if the crowd were getting into them. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it it's definitely something that can be a struggle. But for me with this one, I don't think it will be as much because I have a feeling with the prof- high profile level of this match, the people involved, I I think they're going to be acutely aware. Like, MJF might be the most acutely aware wrestler there's ever been of what people think about him, what the narratives are around him, his character, his matches. Like, this guy, he knows everything that's been said about him from every angle. And uh, he, you know, he probably is what led to his relationship breaking down. I picture him just like obsessing over every little uh, thing to do with his, his wrestling career. And even though he's, he's not Don't actually you see wrestling. This was a callback to Punk's ROH feud. It's all here <laughs> in my grand design. Like, yeah, he's, I, I think he pays a lot of attention. Everything people are expecting. He's going to be like, so, so basically with them being acutely aware with 
Danielson being a pretty creative person himself. I, I, I'm the intrigue for me is what they're going to do to circumvent that because I do think it is an issue, but I feel like they will see that as a challenge and they're going to be looking to try to clear that hurdle in some way. So I'm curious to see how they go about doing it. Did his fiance actually leave him? Like, I just thought that was a, like, I never believe anything that MJF says. So I just assumed that was a flat out lie asking for something. Well, he's only one of the lyingest jerks there's ever been in the history of TNT television. So I don't think you're wrong there. But I believe that is true, is the implication that everyone has gotten from it. Yeah, I've just heard that people said that it's true. Like, it could be, I wouldn't put it past him to That's again being, M- yes. being MJF that, like, he's done some elaborate work where, like, what's the, do we know what the evidence is that, uh, that they are broken? I just assumed that Freaks solid? would have taken care of it because I, I thought she was already a known person on the internet of doing, like, drawings of AEW people or something. The only, I think the major evidence was that um, Sean Ross Sapp tweeted out that night, like, hey, I don't usually comment on things like <laughs> that, but since it came up on the show, they did they did break up for reals. <laughs> Sean, oh, Sean Ross Sapp, picture. oh yeah, no. He, he, you're, you're never going to work that guy, so no, yeah, that's clearly. <laughs> that says, like, listen, I just want to be candid about this, because a lot of people aren't going to believe me. Full shoot, <laughs> that story's true. Just thought you should know. Yeah. But she's also been uh, she's also been tweeting a little bit about it. So, like, not I don't know, not anything overt, but more like was, I think it was something like uh, like really pulling for Brian on Sunday or something like that. You know? Hmm. Yeah, that's, that's yeah I know. Wow, this fishy. is, is this that... basically just like Selena and Haley, is it not? What? <laughs> I thought that's the kind of thing they would do on like a WWE pre-show. <laughs> like that's for sure. We're just like things that people pay attention to. Anyway, what are Selena and Haley? Oh, Selena Gomez and Justin Bieber's wife. I mean, the whole TikTok thing. I don't know. I only saw a headline. I'm not sure. <laughs> okay. And like, All did right. Harry Styles spit on Chris Pine's lap? He we did. I saw it, and he looked right down. <laughs> MJF no longer has the picture of their engagement up on his Instagram, but I mean, that could also just There's be no way to fake him that. covering all the bases. But like, how much of a worker would he be if he literally like talked to his fiance and said, look, we're going to need to do this for at least a month, maybe more. Are you on board with this? And just organize One- it that way. 100% okay. he would do that. Oh, I yeah, have a finish Absolutely. I found the finish for your show. Smart uh, brain geniuses that you've credited on women with this. Okay, the murmur in the crowd, the whole match. Is the fiancé thing from the truth, or is it made up now? I heard it was from the truth, from Sean Ross Sapp. No, Alan said on the hit podcast crossover that it was for reals in real life. And that's all people can talk about. The finish comes. Who marches to the ring? Oh, the clock strikes 90, 89, or 130, 129, depending on the kind of clock it is. And and uh, <laughs> MJF's Mrs. Fiance walks to the ring, and she's mad at him, and she's looking at him like, oh, now you've done it. And she points at the engagement ring, and she dramatically pulls it off, and she puts it on the apron and said, and you can take that back because I won't be needing it, 
and you won't be needing it with regard to me because we are Dunzo Splitsville. Kiss my butt and goodbye forever. MJF crying. He has his head in his hands and he's weeping and he's so upset. His heart has been shattered and belief in love and his uh, um, uh, uh, ability to even endure and go on has been uh, completely diminished. And he picks up the ring and he's so sad and then he evilly makes a look of his face in a twisted grin and he puts the ring on like he always is being doing and he punches Brian Daniels <laughs> and it covers him for a three count. You could eat up at least 20 minutes of the 60 with that as well. That's really, <laughs> really play it out. That's what I want to be doing at uh, like 6am <laughs> on a Sunday night. And now he has two rings. Wow. Okay. So, does anybody have anything else to say about the build, or should we just do a round of predictions here? Uh, I just would say that with the build, I, I was really into it right at the start, and then um, there was a couple of weeks where I thought Danielson just was not intense enough, and it, I was they were losing me a little bit. And there was one week in particular I didn't like MJF's promo. Um, I can't remember which one, but uh, yeah, they they lost me for a little bit. But then the last couple of weeks, they've totally won me back. I think it's been it's been real good stuff the last couple of weeks. Um, I like the little side um, side game of uh, or side mission of uh, Takeshita's involvement in the whole thing. I think uh, that's been that's been a nice use of Takeshita, kind of getting him rubbing shoulders with with mm-hmm. top stars um so i enjoyed that um there were like danielson's um list of opponents he had to his murderers rove guys he had to go through was was mostly pretty pretty good and and some great matches in there um i love that bandito match i love the Takeshita match um did you see so, that the Thatcher match was supposed to be Davy Richards or something, but it, something fell through? Oh, I didn't know it was Davy. I thought when I saw people talking about alluding to it was supposed to be someone else. I, I, I thought it was Zach um, for some reason. Uh, I can't even remember why, but uh, yeah, Davy would have been Davy would have been interesting too. A lot of things fall through with Davy. He's supposed to be on shows in Germany. I'm going to next week, and I'm fully anticipating that uh, um, he is. Like yeah, gets bitten again. You're, <laughs> do you do you know that story? No. Like by a snake. Yeah. No, he's uh, he was supposed to be doing um a uh, a tournament, a weekend tournament out in California earlier in the year and or last year, and he pulled out right like the the evening before or something like that or the afternoon of the first night or something. He he didn't get on the flight and uh um uh yeah so it was um they they just announced oh sorry davy richards these things happen he's not gonna be able to make the show here's his replacement such and such and anyway this guy who uh is a former wrestling podcaster uh, uh notable wrestling message board uh personality i'm sure has been I know has been on boards with Justin and uh, has uh, probably been on message boards with Andy over the years too. Um, he uh, he is a man in his, um, I would say, grown a grown man in his forties who decided that the best use of his 
time at this show was to bring a sign that said fuck Davy Richards and he held it up and he followed the camera around the whole show and making sure his sign was up the whole time and uh, it was really awkward because it was like a lot of kids at this show and he was just like standing <laughs> in front of these kids with his fuck Davy Richards sign and all this just passionately aggressively holding the sign and anyway it got a thing on Twitter someone was like this fan really uh Hating on Davy Richards, um, really not happy with Davy not making a show or something like that. Anyway, Davy Richards saw it and Davy was like disgusted about this guy doing this with all these kids around. And Davy was like, here's the reason I missed the show. I'm a paramedic and the night before the show, whilst tending to like an accident or some kind of a situation, a person who was um, absolutely like off their face on god knows what bit me and i needed to get tested and all this kind of stuff and to uh, because the results weren't back i didn't feel it was a good idea for me to be getting in the ring and um i think it was like a meth addict or something like that bit him and um yeah he um he he rightly didn't want to um be wrestling with other wrestlers and you know, doing all that stuff for a variety of reasons. And and he put up this long post, basically scolding this guy. And um, if I was that guy, I would have felt absolutely just like the smallest person in the world after this uh, post from Davey. And uh, yeah, so that was the uh, that was the Davey Richards. Now, I can't confirm that he was bitten the night before he was supposed to wrestle Brian Danielson. It could have been God knows what other paramedic related issue popped up because I imagine that is a, uh, a, t- a taxing job. That is very responsible of him too. I always worried about all that blood. You know, you just, you don't want, there's too much blood in the wrestling and you don't want to get cross contaminated with anything. And if they, he could have been exposed to something, uh, right. y'all see that Mox <laughs> promo? Let's go around the horn talking about how we liked it. Um. So I don't think that you're supposed to replace <laughs> your alcohol dependence with Jesus some sort Christ. of blood. <laughs> you get the hottest of takes here when Jenny's around. <laughs> You see the the the, the, talk about cutting. (laughs) Where where I think Alan said the F word too. I'm not the only one. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's all it's all good. Alan was quoting a sign from an idiot who (laughs) would not give. I almost cursed. Would not give two two craps about um. Oh my god, Megan said crap. I'm trying to be nice. (laughs) I I feel like every. Everyone's gotten to say the the curse words, and then I'm I'm trying. Yeah, first Brian Danielson, then Jenny, then me. <laughs> um, Brian but, Danielson uh, said it on national television. The f yeah. word. He must have gotten so much trouble from his parents. I know. <laughs> I was like, hey, oh my gosh, we, you're not allowed to say before, that. Before we before we move on, I just want to make sure: are we all all MJF for our picks for the that that main event? Mm-hmm. Any dissenters? I'm tempted okay. to dissent, but I don't want to lose the points on our picks. Okay, that's fair. 
All right. Uh, so, yeah. So, Justin, we should move on to Mox versus uh, Hangman Page in the Texas Deathmatch. Uh, how's the build been for you, including last night's? Very strong. Uh, it's something that, like Daniels and MJF, feels like it's gone on for quite a long while. And in part, that's because it set up an injury that had to play out before they could get back at it. But there have been multiple matches. Um, I, I think I would have identical observations as to the last match, which is everything they've done has been good. It should be really good. Okay. <laughs> Thank you, gentlemen. Good job. I've never seen like a promo like last night where someone is just like dripping blood onto concrete. It was, uh, it was pretty rad, if I do say so. Uh, Megan, how did you Justin, feel about you are a gross man? <laughs> Justin is disgusting. Um, I I love Mox and I hate blood, and I thought it was both cool and like very off putting. Oh, like, and yet Mox is full of blood, hypocrite much? I mean, we're all full of blood, aren't we? Hopefully. Um, I I will say I couldn't look at the screen for a lot of... I, I listened to the audio, but it was really gross to look at. And I at one point I looked up and the way the lighting was and the blood, it almost looked like one of his eyes was just gone. Like it was like a black hole, which I know isn't the case because he has two eyes. Um, he did not lose one in the match, uh, but it just, it was so gross looking. And based on the trail of blood that he took to the steps, they got it in one take, which I will say, kudos to Mox for being very good at what he does. Uh, I just, I don't want to like see it. That I, don't think, I don't think Make you have a choice but to get it in one take with that, with that kind of thing. I mean, that's, that was... You know, that, that wasn't, uh, I don't think he could have done that again. I guess I could have moved to a different stairwell. <laughs> <laughs> Megan, if you, uh, if you are, um, disappointed with the, uh, the eye thing not being as, as realistic as it actually looked, uh, do I have a wrestler for you? Uh, are you familiar with a man named Parada Morgan? No. Oh no. Hey. Did this man lose his eye in the ring? <laughs> a legendary luchador, Parada Morgan, uh, named because, uh, Parada he was for apples. <laughs> the pirate. And uh, he was had the gimmick because he... Uh, oh, I don't know if he had the gimmick because he lost his eye or if he decided, you know, I'm going to really just... I'm going to really embrace this gimmick and just claw my eye out. <laughs> I'm not no. sure which, which came first, the chicken or the egg. But... I heard that some of the veterans in the locker room said, all right, to really draw... We got to take you out to the parking lot with the sandpaper and sand off your eye. No. <laughs> Justin isn't lying about the sandpaper thing. That was an old school wrestler trick to sell a beating. But uh, um, yeah, Parada Morgan, his his party trick used to be um, he would uh, uh, he would do his uh, blading on the uh, missing eye socket. So oh, it all. God. Uh, from uh, no. yeah, because oh. of the scar tissue and all, it would really, uh, yeah, really worked well. <laughs> that is so disturbing. Also, I'm intrigued because, like, what? Do, so, the mechanics of if you've lost an eye, it seems like you like have a cavernous space. Like, so how are you? Does it bleed? 
I don't. I don't know. Maybe it's. I'm not really. I've never lost an eye, thankfully. Uh, Alan, tell wood. me about your eye losing experience. <laughs> um, uh, my mom used to always tell me that, like, whenever I like would do, you know, the way when you're a kid and you're like, careful, you'll take your eye out or something like that, you know. Oh yeah, um, you'll shoot your eye out. Yeah, yeah. No, she always says that her like her little brother, um, he, uh, that he. Uh, he like lost his eye um, playing with like a bow and arrow or something like that. But I was like, I'm mom, I I see my uncle Liam like regularly. He's got two eyes. What are you talking about? <laughs> oh, so she was that just like she's like trying to tell you a cautionary tale, but she's yeah. really bad at lying. <laughs> yeah, it's like a it's a cautionary tale with a lot of holes in it, and thankfully one of the holes is not his eye. But Piranha Morgan, on the other hand, is uh, yeah that. Uh, there's, there's, I don't know what's behind that, uh, the, the eye patch, but not, not an eye. And uh, like a lot of luchadors of his time, he would bleed a lot. He would, he would scoff at the John Moxley. Uh, oh. Like, oh, is he bleeding? Is that a bit of blood there? Scratch. That's horrifying. <laughs> but it sounds like he lost the eye prior to be like he didn't lose it like in a wrestling match. Is what I'm getting. I don't um, think so. If Maybe. I if I may if I may if if I may read from his the Wikipedia oh, entry oh, no. for Piranha Morgan. So scared. Oh no. Jenny, you may want to cover your ears. Uh, <laughs> in December eyes. 1981, Ortiz, which was his name at the time, worked a match against El Jalisco at Arena Coliseum Tapatia Pearl. Ortiz won the first fall of the match. El Jalisco won the second fall before Ortiz suffered a terrible injury. El Jalisco was on the floor outside the ring, and Ortiz leapt over the top rope, hoping to hit El Jalisco, but his opponent was out of position, and Ortiz hit the ground face first. The impact of the fall burst Ortiz's right eye, spraying a mist of blood over the floor in the front row. No! Initially, it was feared that Ortiz would not survive, but after medical attention, it became clear that he would survive, but had to have the remnants of his right <laughs> eye surgically removed. When Ortiz returned to the ring, he had to wear an eye patch over his missing eye and use this as the impetus to change his ring persona. Pedro Ortiz became Pirata Morgan. You know what? He really <laughs> made lemonade out of those lemons, I'll say, because I would... If my eye hit the ground so hard it exploded, I would be done with that sport forever. That would be my Alan, like, your mom was right. <laughs> oh my god. If only Parada Morgan had a concerned Irish mammy. <laughs> oh my god. It seems like that the world's the... most anticipated crossover between its two best all elite wrestling analytical podcast just turned into like an episode of fear factor (laughs) but did you hear this nastiest shit (laughs) that's horrifying i don't know wrestling injuries i mean i expect a like broken limbs and like you know horrifying back spinal injuries i don't expect an eye to explode you know Neither neither did the uh the old ladies that used to be uh, always in the front row of those lucha shows in the early 80s uh, hitting the wrestlers with their handbags. Oh my god. <laughs> do you guys know the answer of this classic riddle, which is what do uh, Seth Rollins and World Championship Wrestling have in common? <laughs> I can't um, wait for this punchline. So that's no, that's four no's? 
That's that's a no. Yeah. It's four people, none of whom know what World Championship Wrestling and Seth Rollins have in common. <laughs> um, Correct. I'm I'm scared. Go for it. They both pulled the eye out of Rey Mysterio, and no one understood why. <laughs> 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 if the ladies saw it written down, they would think it was funny. Andy thought I, it was funny. I think it was funny. I trust that the two who know all the wrestling history are laughing that it was a funny joke. Kudos I to you. I forgot that there was that Seth Rollins uh Rey Mysterio pandemic eye situation in WWE. I haven't watched much WWE in the last like five years so um yeah sorry but i when you said it it came back to me (laughs) (laughs) it was originally spelled m-i-s-t-e-r-i-o anyway um yeah texas death man please i'd go to die what do we think of uh renee paquette's uh, involvement in this feud and like how uh you know, I think it's unfair. There's a, there's a guy threatening to like, <laughs> kill her, kill her husband, and she has to go out and like interview people in the next segment. Also, like they just keep making her interview him, and I don't think that's fair to either of them. It's like Tony Schiavone was like, "Now that we have Renee here, I'm just gonna chill at the announce desk. Don't send me off to interview people. I don't do that anymore." But didn't oh. you see when they accidentally kept filming and accidentally put that on the show? <laughs> I, that was that was quite an accident, and, and we got a lot of insight that that time. At AW botches, they kept recording that and accidentally put on the show. <laughs> Bush League shit. I don't understand why we don't never... get Renee Mox interviews. Well, that because that would be, be journalistic. Yeah, journalistically unprofessional. Also, she just she sees enough of them at home. She's like, I need a break. This guy. <laughs> That's probably it. I don't know. What do you think of it, Alan? I, I think it's been an incredible feud um, from from start to finish. I think it's been honestly like I think if they stick the landing on this thing, I think it'll be start to finish one of the best um, stories AEW have put together, um, encompassing great matches, great promos, just yeah, absolutely tremendous stuff, and it's. It shows how some of the best stuff in wrestling can kind of come from things that weren't even really planned. Um, like, I don't know, like what they had in mind for these guys at, when they first had them wrestle each other. Um, it certainly wasn't the knockout finish. Um, but yeah, they've really they've really nailed this thing. Um, I think both guys have played their roles perfectly. Moxley's been just tremendous in the way he's kind of got more aggrieved as it's gone on with how he I really like the angle they have of of him just kind of in his head it's like everyone is like just throwing flowers at hangman and throwing concern at hangman and and nobody's giving him any credit so and he's just like he it feels like that classic wrestler thing of when they talk about how like oh when you're when you're a heel or whatever and you're cutting a promo you have to you have to believe in the 
point you're saying, like the the old Mick Foley thing, like uh, that that kind of gave him the motivation for his classic heel promos in in ECW. Like it came from a, a real place, and, and I, it feels like Moxley could be drawing on some some real emotions um, in terms of of what he's kind of getting across in these promos, and it's. It's really coming off well. I think Hangman's been it it's been a hard pace to keep with. Uh the, the pace Moxley has set on the character and promo work in this, but Hangman's done a pretty good job of staying with him. I don't think he's been as powerful a character as Moxley's been in this, but he's been he's held his own. And then in the matches, um, they've both been excellent. Uh really, really good. Just laying it in. Um dramatic uh some of the best tv matches AEW have done particularly the the last two so um very excited to see what they what they end up doing so texas death i know i know hangman has had two texas deaths in AEW before did they do the old school texas death stipulations where it's like you get a pinfall and then you have a 10 count to get up Is, is that the way they've done it no, but against both Cole and uh, Archer, it's been the like it's basically just WWE last man standing rules. Okay, well, fair enough. Yeah, it's because that's how the famous um, Archer match ended, right? He like clothes on him through a table and he died or something. <laughs> yeah, In Texas never died, saw again. Me. It is kind of the the old rules are kind of clunky to be to be perfectly honest. Like I, and I think a lot of I think with modern fans, a lot of people would be like, "This is so stupid. This doesn't make any sense." And to be fair, they'd kind of be right because yeah, it is. Um, like you would have these matches back in the day where there'd be like. 20 falls and like you'd have every time like the guy like there'd be a fall early and then the guy would just kind of get up and he'd be like you had a 30 second rest period would be the thing so so it'd be like you had to survive so you had to get pinned for three and then you had a 30 second rest period and then you would be given a 10 count and um it was just really designed to be like okay this guy is legitimately so screwed. He can't, he's just completely out of it. And it just, I know, I think it required a bit more patience than um, a modern audience would have because you literally have to sit there for a long period of time. And, and uh, you know, that kind of worked in like 1984 in Texas where you'd have all these people just be like come on get up get up and just the act of like cheering on the guy would be enough for people but nowadays people would just be on their phones so quickly they'd be like oh is the count started yet oh okay um I'll go back to my phone so it's um yeah I I don't think it would work I mean Uh, Alan that's a full 40 seconds we have to wait for somebody to be even, counted even as dead. more because it's it's like a thirty a regular thirty seconds and then a wrestler referee ten count which is probably forty seconds itself. So <laughs> you ever um, it's a lot. You're watching something and you realized like maybe you weren't logged into YouTube or you don't actually have ads free Hulu and this forty second ad starts and you're like Jesus fucking. <laughs> it's like I might as well go make myself a sandwich. 
I'm a whole meal. Kill myself. I'm just sitting here. <laughs> Alan, you mentioned uh, you said that you you talked about sticking the landing. What would that what would that mean for you for this feud? Um, I think it's important. Hagman is set because Moxie's gold, right? Like after mm-hmm. this past year, Moxie's like he's. I don't think he can get to any higher heights. He's he's hit his ceiling, and that's not like oh, it's like I don't think that's that may sound like a, a negative thing. Oh, he's hit a ceiling. He, he has not like, the ceiling he's hit is incredibly high. He is like legend status. He is probably yeah. the first AEW legend. No matter what he does from here on out, like he is he is gold. Um, you can. You can have him go for a title at any point. You can have him win a title at any point. It's there's nothing more you need to add to this guy and this character and and yeah and to his list of accomplishments. Hangman, there is a lot more road to travel to get him to whatever his ceiling will be, and I don't think we know what that is yet. So I think it's I think this needs to be set up to move hangman on he i mean he since he came back he's pretty much just been in this feud so he hasn't really had a a big win as a character since he lost um the the world title and that was in may so he had his, his big title run at the start of last year and then he's been essentially looking for looking for a big accomplishment ever since then so this would be a huge accomplishment, getting the better of John Moxley and and closing the chapter on this thing and them going in different directions, possibly Hangman going for the title against MJF. I'm not sure how I feel about that, but that's a, a bridge I'll, I'll come to in terms of thinking about if and when we see that's happening. Um, so f- first thing in terms of sticking the landing is, is Hangman coming at us looking strong. Second thing is having a great match, a memorable match, I think. They're certainly equipped to do that. Um, you know, it's really just those two things. Uh, that's all I, I need from it. And but I, Alan, I thought of something smart to say. And that's this. You keep talking about sticking the landing and moving them on and turning the page. But could it not be the beginning of a Blackpool Combat Club versus the Reunited Elites together? And this is actually just part one. Hmm. They are making an effort to really tell you about how the attitude of the BCC has changed. Um, Danielson losing the title match could kind of push him in that direction too, of you know him being a little more pissed off and aggressive coming out of losing to MJF. Um, it would give the elite something different to sink their teeth into, something a bit more serious. That could be... That could be good. Um, yeah, that, I I still would like that to be. I, I I still would like the focus not to be centrally on Hangman and Moxley from if they did go that route. Mm-hmm. Um, they would, to me, I think they would need to kind of make it more about some of the other guys and then i kind of worry about hangman kind of getting lost then and i i don't know justin you've kind of sprung that one on hey. it's, it's 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 interesting but i'm not sure how i feel about it yet I you know some that. of your 
our co-hosts are big hangman stands or hang stands. Are you ready to see your friend make his his sad faces at his friends or are they? Yes, they are. But are they really? Oh, no. What are your thoughts on that? Uh Oh, Jenny's Jenny's panicking. I think Justin, I mean, uh, you know, like Jenny was definitely the biggest hang stand of the of of, of the three of us, but uh, she really. <laughs> once, once the world title reign began, once Cody left and Hangman had the title, Hangman really tried to like take on some of that weird Cody energy and like a lot of blood work. And I've not loved Hangman ever since last year, ever since his title run. He, I, I feel like. Most people, when you get the title run, then, like, people love you and you got more fans. He really lost a fan in me. <laughs> wow. Damn, that's heartbreaking. <laughs> um, is, if anybody, if, if nobody else has anything else to add, just, uh, what, what are, what are our picks for this one? I'm going with the hangman. Samesies. Uh, I'll go with Hangman as well. I feel like he needs it. Moxley doesn't need this win. Nope. Megan, you and I were talking, I think it might have been last week's show, we were talking about how, like, as Alan was kind of saying, like, Moxley is basically, like, a folk hero now, so. I know, Alan laid out such a, like, great argument for why Mox shouldn't win, and I always pick Moxley because I love him, but I, I am, I feel like we were all correct, um, (laughs) Hangman will be the winner, and correctly so. I mean, Moxley Moxley is a folk hero. He doesn't need this win. There's no title on the line, so I'll go with I'll go with Hangman this time. Wow! If Moxley wins, I'm going to feel so bad. (laughs) It is in great contrast to the MJF Danielson one, where I realize in this moment of panic, terror, fright. I don't know, Andy, and you're asking me and I have to know, and I'm going to be, and people will hear this and they'll come back and know whether I was right. Oh, gosh. You won the the last pay-per-view, I believe. I think you picked so many correct. <laughs> so pressure's yes. on. Oh, wow. Because, I mean, if Moxie wins, because he's very good, but, like, also everything about Paige, he would also want to win. God. The gravitational pull of Moxley always winning is really, really getting to me, despite all of the reasons that everyone else has agreed with. My choice is John Moxley. I'm going to be so mad if Moxley wins, and this is the point that Justin gets to win. And I broke away from choosing with my heart. Ugh, this pains me. Alan, you did this. You created a compelling (laughs) argument. Adam Sandler's. This is how I win. <laughs> I uh, I I hadn't considered the fact that we were going to be like playing for points here, and that we're gonna when we resume our conversation on Monday, we're gonna have a winner, or perhaps we will have a tie. And I only hope we can come to a less controversial solution to a tie than uh, Brett and Sean in nineteen ninety six. So I may have words. Champagne bets, so everyone's everyone's a winner. Kind of. You're in okay. Ireland, so it's harder <laughs> to include you. In that. I mean, he's the closer sh- to the champagne than all of us, really. It's true. Well, the Jenny, like, do you want to explain to him what a champagne bet is? Because I have no idea. It's, it's totally I foreign that was to everyone. Self-explanatory. 
No. <laughs> just if you win, you get a bottle of champagne, but you have to share it with the everyone. rest of us. Gotcha. So. Gotcha. And Justin, as a non champagne guy, has always been like threatened by the win, but he's won a lot, honestly, if we look back at the numbers. It, it would be an exercise well, for me Alan because I'm not, not a big. Um, I'm not a big drinker. I'm also under doctor's orders not to drink, so I would be like <laughs> l- legitimately threatening my life uh, with uh, <laughs> the champagne bet. So I'd rather just go for some cold hard catch if that's all right. <laughs> so we can do a sleepy time tea bet. Yes. Yeah, we'll just <laughs> we'll just ship we'll you just... some sleepy time tea. <laughs> oh, I thought we were all going to share the same sleepy time tea, and we'd all just get tired together. <laughs> that sounds delightful, honestly. <laughs> I think we could uh, ship you some and buy our own, and then we could all simultaneously drink mm-hmm. sleepy time tea. Did you know that it's a true statement that I'm going to make right now? And you can tell me whether you knew this, is that uh, Alan is not a big drinker, but he knows his way around cork. <laughs> I actually don't know my way around cork. I got lost, lost Wow, he killed your joke. Yeah, no, I don't like cork. Dublin people don't like cork, and cork people definitely don't like Dublin, that's for sure. Justin, you tapped in some deep Irish. It's, yeah, very very much Second City Syndrome uh, with, with cork. Uh, the only other place in Ireland kind of like that is sort of big enough to be kind of comparable as a city to Dublin, but it's really not. There's just a, a world of difference. Um, but yeah, they... Uh, and they have some terrible accents down there. Oh, it's rough. <laughs> Damn, Justin, look what you did. Well, it would just be more like. I want to go to court what, now. Did you know that? Oh, it's that... a lovely place. <laughs> 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 you just won't understand what anyone's saying. <laughs> I wonder if I understand Irish accents, or at least Dublin accents, better because I've been listening to you for. Uh, thirteen years. No, I don't. I don't have a Dublin accent. I've got an American no? accent. <laughs> <laughs> is Andy much. talking right now, or is Alan? I can't tell. <laughs> too much. Too much American wrestling since the age of like five. <laughs> That's probably true. Uh, uh, hey, let's talk about the four-way tag team match for the AEW World Tag Team Championship. Oh, let's. You've got, you've got the champs. <laughs> The Guns, Austin and Colton, defending against the acclaimed, the uh, most recent champs, Anthony Bowens and Max Caster, Jay Lethal and Jeff Jarrett. Ooh, and... ooh, let me let me work out my American accent here. J E double A. Oh wait, hang on. Screw, I can't spell. I have drank some sleepy time too. J E. So we were learning double F. J A double R E double T. You still said double or. God, ain't he great? And uh, Orange Cassidy and Danhausen, who I think might be known as Orange Housen. I don't know if that's canon or not, though. That so, seems... talk about a thrown together, like, let's get a bunch of people on the guard kind of match. Should we just pick it and move on? Yeah, we can. I have nothing to say. I assume it's a four way because the guns will retain by being sneaky. Sneaky guns. <laughs> the I... look of disgust on Jenny's face as she reads this match line up here. <laughs> I am picking. I am picking Jay Lethal and Jeff Jarrett. I believe. I believe that that is uh, the way they're going. Heel to heel. Why not just do that in the first place? 
They didn't know they were doing it until last week. That's my theory. <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah. Megan? Damn, I thought the acclaimed would get it back because the people are shook, you know? And I thought for sure they only did the title change to get through a pay-per-view with some kind of intrigue behind it. And then, but why? Why should it be a four-way unless it's just because the match has, in fact, already happened once? But gosh, we'll be excited to find out. Jenny, what do you think? You've looked at the lineup there and... I'm going to go with the acclaimed. Okay, acclaimed are getting the belts back. Megan? Same. I I always thought from the beginning they would. I truly did not expect Orange Cassidy and Danhausen to ever be in this match. And Alan. What was your pick, Andy? I think it's going to be uh, Jarrett and Lethal. And Justin, you said the guns, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm really tempted to go orange and, and Dan has and so <laughs> we get all skin in the game. Yeah, this <laughs> this feels like to me any of the four teams could win. I wouldn't be surprised. Oh, totally. like, this is such an open match. Um it feels like it truly does not matter to be quite honest. Feels like a throwaway match. <laughs> Although they did I will say they did hype up the fact that Orange wrestled twice on Dynamite, so he saw like injured or whatnot. I don't know if that's going to come into play, but he didn't look enthused to be there. Does he ever? Well, I mean, even more so than his apathy. Or less so. Yeah. I think I'm going to go with Andy and I'm going with Triple J here. Um, I think it will be I. I don't like the idea of the guns lose. I think it hurts the guns to lose it so soon, but I think you can tell a fun story with them thinking they're in cahoots with the other heels, but then them learning a lesson in uh, heel shenanigans from a more veteran, uh, wilier heel team that uh, basically just be like, aha, we just, we just, uh, we just taught you a lesson in being villainous and uh, the guns have to just take their lumps and they're like, ah, oh. and then maybe they sit under the learning tree of, of uh, Jeff Jarrett and I don't know. They're My... already kind of under Stokely's learning tree, aren't they? So it's uh, a lot of learning trees in AEW to sit <laughs> under. It's been a growth. Better sons. They could have learned that from their dad without having to experience it. Yeah, they really were mean to their dad. He's not going to They're always him beating him up. Ugh. My long-standing They're... observation is that with the uh, gun sons, somehow incomprehensibly, evolutionarily, mm-hmm. Billy Gunn gave birth to two fully grown Brian Christophers. <laughs> <laughs> so they really will learn from the, the true king of Memphis, Jeff Jarrett, as to what their birthright was supposed to be. <laughs> All right, uh, we move on to uh, the AEW TNT Championship match as Samoa Joe defends against Wardlow with the knowledge that the winner of this match will go on to defend against Powerhouse Hobbs on Wednesday. Quick sidebar before we, because uh, it is somewhat related to this match. Powerhouse Hobbs won a, a crazy ladder match on Wednesday. Um, 
what did we all think uh, when Commander was stood on the <laughs> top turnbuckle? And did we all have the same level of anxiety as I did, um, no, hoping that he wouldn't screw that up on live television in front of the world? I've I've seen him in GIF form, largely thanks to the Cubs fan, so many times over like the last, I want to say, year or so. And... He always hits his stuff so perfectly, at least. Yeah, you know, but you're that's... watching you're watching a gift yep. that's happened already. I know. It's not near as nerve-wracking. But that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. It's like it's like, okay, like, you know, this is happening right now, live. He's never been in an AEW ring before. Maybe the ropes are a little different. Maybe I you was, know, like I was hugging my knees. I was just I was, <laughs> I could not look. I was petrified. I bit through my cheek and I thought it felt like it was 30 seconds long when it must have been like five. I was incredibly impressed with his with his two big moves. Same. I did not know who this man was. I was also worked in WWE as Commander Aziz. (laughs) Did not help. Did not help me recognize him at all. Thank you, though, for the try. Jenny, now I'm he's sorry. more like Commander Aunt oh, Jeez. <laughs> Phoenix running all the way across the rope was really cool too. That was last week. That was still last big night. facts. Did he do it last? Did he do it last night? Yeah. I don't even remember. The, like I know. The, no, that was in the Battle Royal, right? Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, that's right. I forgot oh, they were in that. Am I? No, they were in the battle royale last night. Okay. Yeah, I, I just forgot they were. <laughs> but not anyway. the ladder match. Not, yeah, it was a different oh, match. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I just, yeah, so I, I really liked that ladder match. It was really good. Um, I do want to say about the Joe Wardlow thing, I, I did get deeply invested when Wardlow explained the bond that he and his father had um, late in his father's life and how... His yeah, they really sprung that one on us, didn't they? Yeah, right? Like, in the long... Wardlow is a person. He has a whole <laughs> self. Guys. But, like, the, the idea that, like, the hair was, like, the long hair was this, like, like, the last tie he had to his father, and Joe took that away from him. That's good stuff. I don't care. I don't care what anybody says. It's good stuff. He can never, ever get that back unless he does <laughs> nothing <laughs> for a year and a half. Hair definitely does not grow. <laughs> Insensitive on many levels. Yeah. Uh, anybody else have any feelings on this build? I, I've I've really enjoyed it actually. I just think Samoa yeah. Joe should have started wearing Lordless hair. <laughs> <laughs> that would be like, so creepy. Like weave it into his own. Like like um, IRS with Tonka's headdress in nineteen ninety four, just like Davy Crockett, I'm picturing. I, uh, I, I like the build for between these two has kind of because like right it started like ages ago but then it was on ice for ages while Joe had his feud with Darby and Darby was TNT champion and that was like this whole cool period in January and then they booted this back up so it's kind of like it's been it's been ongoing for a while but the actual build to a pay-per-view match feels like it's been kind of out of nowhere. Um, but I don't have a real issue with that. I think it's been fine. It's been the way they've approached a feud is, is different to how they approach some other feuds. So that's kind of cool in terms of like just t- a timing point of view. 
Um, I, yeah, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what they're going to do. I, I think Joe has been great in AEW. He has been the, as he says, the one true king of television. Um, he has had many great television matches. However, he has not been the one true king of pay-per-view. I think back to Joe's pay-per-view appearances and they're amongst the most kind of run of the mill things on those shows. The Adam Cole match, which we now know that was when Adam Cole got like his first of his two bad concussions. So kind of gets a pass, but still it um it wasn't like a great match. And then uh the triple threat with Joe and Wardlow and Hobbs. Um Oh, I called it a triple threat. I'm going to get in trouble. The three-way match <laughs> between uh, um, uh, those guys. It was um, it was good, but by their nature, I'm kind of over uh, three-way matches. We'll get to that later. Oh boy, will we ever! Um, the, You're gonna uh, be so mad, Alan. Oh God! Yeah, no, I'll hold my rage in on that. Well, hopefully the sleepy time tea has kicked in by the time we get to that match. But um, uh, the uh, yeah, I I think Joe. I think a really great pay per view match is something that Joe needs um to really make this AEW run to really just put the icing on the cake of what's been a. An AEW run that's delivered more than I expected so far. And honestly, I think he's probably going to lose here. And I think we're going to see Joe away from AEW for a while. And I think we're going to see in the early days of ROH, we're going to see certain guys like Joe and Eddie Kingston and Claudio be more ROH specific rather than kind of being on AEW a lot because if you look a lot of those guys who could end up being in ROH they've been used a lot lately in AEW so that could just be kind of like building up a Samoa okay we'll we'll get as much out of Joe on AEW before putting him over to ROH um and hopefully that can bring some viewers over to, to ROH so um yeah didn't I, they shoot an angle for Joe and Mark Briscoe for the ROH TV I, I I believe so. Yeah, I saw that in the uh, rumored card for SuperCard of Honor. So, um, yeah, that would be awesome. And uh, I think, um, yeah, I think uh, having having Joe put over Wardlow is something that Wardlow needs right now. And Wardlow also could use a really good match. So, uh, yeah. But then then you have Wardlow and Hobbs on Wednesday, and I don't know what you do with that because. Yeah feels like you kind of wore the lose right away and i also absolutely do not want to beat hobbs so yeah that's um part of me is like joe beats wardlow and then joe loses to hobbs but that seems tough also it's yeah i don't know how Khan is getting you have to pick alan that's part of the game (laughs) well i'm picking for the sake of this match i'm picking wardlow i think it's a safer bet but then i i just really don't know who to pick them Mm -hmm. in the Wednesday's match, but uh, yeah, I'll go Wardlow. I also went Wardlow, and I think I, I think you just can't, you cannot beat Wardlow. You can't do that to Wardlow on Sunday. Um, but the nature of the TNT title, I think, does make even if he did lose it quickly again, 
I don't think it would be as bad. You know, I don't know. Maybe I'm, I might be talking myself out of that though, because he did have that first reign, which did end pretty ignominiously. Um, yeah, no, it's, it's tough. Like it almost would have been better if somebody like commander <laughs> won that ladder match. And then, cause you can just, oh, you just beat commander on Wednesday. No big deal. Or to cash. commander. Well, you know, um, but like, it seems like Hobbs is really like has arrived, you know? So it's just, I guess it's a good problem to have, but I'll, I'll still go with Wardlow for Sunday. And, and yeah, just like you, Alan, I don't know what the hell you do on Wednesday. More I know anxiety. what you do, and I'll say it after everyone else gets to guess. I, I Sorry, I was going to say more anxiety, Commander on the ropes or Hobbs on the ladder. Ooh. Oh, man. God. I am so annoyed with, like, people being like, oh, not shouldn't have held the ladder. Like, it's, that's stupid. It's like, no. It was good. Oh, are people saying that? Oh, my God. Yes. Yes, of course they were. It's like, it's like the thing was going to collapse. Don't we all come to this sport, like, understanding that? I mean, there is a script, guys. Like, we we don't want to kill them. You know, the wrestlers they do cool things, and then we we go with the outcome that they've determined. It's Let completely the out of the safe. realm of believability. Like NFL referees have jobs; they carry the chains, whatever. NBA referees have to be like, oh, the floor is wet, and things like that. It's simply inconceivable that you could be like, hey, the referees, when you are officiating this match. For competitive balance and safety, if the ladder is in any kind of way compromised, you should just hold it for to keep it straight. Because we'd rather see exciting, thrilling action than like calamity. Some I was, people, I think, want calamity though. If I'm being honest, I, I was so worried after. Like, at, like did you it was see one, that? It was oh one thing. God. It was one thing when he was climbing up to get the thing and there was like, I don't know, two refs holding the ladder. But then when he had had the when he stood on the very top and he was holding the thing and he realized he had to get down and he realized he did he not know not how he was going to get his body. On anything. Down. I yeah, was so had, scared. <laughs> and then the, then the camera zoomed away. And there was like 27 referees down holding the ladder like at that landing point. a spaceship on the moon, trying to get him to like <laughs> take a step I, that backwards and down without and putting he, your hands on anything. He was oh, shouting, and by the way, you're just on a ladder. He was shouting down to them as well. And I was like, they really need to take the camera off this because it's making him look like not a star right now, even though it's completely like understandable that he's in this situation and that he is like, but they just don't need to be exposing it. Like just show the replay. But instead they were, they were showing him in this really embarrassing, awkward situation. Um, but the crowd gave him a nice cheer when he finally made it that first. <laughs> God, I was so... Because like the ladder looked like... Because he's such a big, massive, wide man that it looked like he was standing on like a toothpick, you know? When he was mm-hmm. on the very top point of that ladder. Was, That's the thing, oh. like, weight-wise, he is huge. Like, yeah. you, you have to account for that fact. It's... Guys... <laughs> I climb like an eight foot max ladder to put Christmas lights up. And if I, don't, if I don't have a spotter holding that ladder, I will not do it. That So I can't imagine these wrestlers being like, hold on. I also have to combat like height fear. No, no. Like I good for them. But like, let the refs hold the ladder. They don't need to be trying to like balance on something that's unstable. 
And the ladder was completely broke to shit as well. Like that was that was the problem in the first place. This ladder was Please go not ladder. as it was supposed to be. Yeah, like good for him for being like, well, I guess this is the script. I'm just gonna have to like work with what I've got. Right, that's the spot where like the acrobatic guy in the match goes, "Oh wow, for you the fans, I'll try and climb on the crumbled ladder." And everyone goes, "Oh, he's really trying." Wow, he exploded. Like that's not how you actually end the match. Ugh. I would have liked to have seen them just have to go with a plan where it's like, okay, he, he can't get down, so he's going to have to jump down, so we need to get everyone out under him to catch him. That would have just been hilarious. <laughs> big post-match, all, big move. like all, big, all the refs holding a big blanket, a big quilt. It's like, okay, here I come. <laughs> oh, it's like an old-timey like fire <laughs> where they have to jump from like the third story to the... Oh, that's cute and sad. We, uh, Megan, <laughs> give me a pick. Um, okay, I'm going to go with Wardlow, and I will say that the buildup to me is fine, like, or the short buildup, I, I guess, is what we're talking about, is fine because it's the TNT title. And also, Joe is king of television, which I think is going to kind of like be his entry into ROH and then doing stuff over there. So I I think Wardlow can take the mantle, but I do agree, like, what are we going to do? Like, the Book of Pops has been written. What's Wednesday mean? <laughs> He's, uh, streaming is not necessarily television, right? Wow. Well, he calls himself the king of television. So. Shade. Jenny, who do you have winning this one? Wardlow. Wardlow. Alright, Justin, that leaves you and your uh, big explanation for what they do. When I watch streaming stuff, it does play on a television. <laughs> so he's the king of television. He gets it. You did it. Uh, well, let's see here. I don't think you'd beat Wardlow with Joe in the first place if it wasn't for Wardlow to ultimately get triumphant revenge, even if you have a nice detour because they booked a main event with Darby Allen in Seattle. Wardlow will win. Samoa Joe will go to his already prepared ROH TV program. Wardlow? Gets a strong win over Hobbs because Adam Cole would have a different program first. Eddie Kingston has gone to Ring of Honor. The next challenger of MJF is uh, TV champion Wardlow, belt versus belt. Okay. If not him, then who? Well, I I was on mute, but my reaction was, ooh. Okay, well, all right, I like it. So that's the that's the old war dog for Justin. So I think everybody picked Wardlow. Yep. Well, thank God we have that tag title match in there to Sorry, <laughs> dirty Joe. things up a little bit. And and Justin's Moxley curveball. That's right. Yeah. Which I'm so I'm, I'm kind of mad about. He is honestly. a cool guy. What? Oh. I'm mad because I feel like I should have been Moxley to so center. Brave. It's yeah. not too late to change. Is, any, is, is, anybody else, is anybody else bummed out that uh, Darby and Sting are not apparently on this show at all? Well, that was the like tweet storm you talked about where the like before the show he goes, he has so many acts that he loves and cherishes so much that he couldn't bear to leave them off the show. And that's how they end up in weird is this pre-show comments. Is this the first pay-per-view Darby's, Darby's ever not been on? Unless I'm forgetting one, yeah. I mean, he's he's a pretty constant fixture. Uh, I hope at the very least they have something 
good for them to do on uh, on Wednesday because there's still be are they this in California on Wednesday right they're somewhere else like Palo Alto or some some shit like that <laughs> <laughs> Silicon Valley <laughs> wow those ads for Silicon Valley show I've never seen it it looks so freaking lol hilarious I'm busting <laughs> up at all the funny jokes on there I was like I can't believe he said that he said that for real wow. Justin, that it feels like you're human. It's 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 an old show at this point. Yeah, the, the things they pick. The, do you guys see the commercials during uh, the? Uh, Jenny and I do. I don't think Alan and uh, Megan do. Right. I'm watching from the UK. Well, you both are. Um, I'm Alan's neighbor when yep. when it comes to dynamite. <laughs> but uh, everyone's like. Nice toga. Where'd you get it? My bed. How is that the laugh line? <laughs> That's what they picked for the commercial. Stop. Oh. All right. Here's one that's sure to inspire some conversation. Chris Jericho versus Ricky Starks with the Jericho Appreciation Society banned from ringside. And Alan, I would like to hear from you first on this one. Like. This has been a like really tame by the numbers. Like there's been nothing wrong with this feud and and but it just it's been super generic and I just wouldn't have expected it from these two. Like I keep waiting for like oh here's where they do a thing which is like a um, like I was kind of talking about with Danielson and MJF earlier, here's here's where you do this tropey thing and then do a spin on. And it's like, no, 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 they're just doing the tropey thing. Um, and like, there's been nothing. There's been no part of it that's been especially bad. Like, action and Jaredi's general existence, uh, notwithstanding. <laughs> um, but um, I think they are turning him. I've I've heard that's a uh, that's a um. The hot room that people people have, and yeah, once I heard that, I was like, yeah, that makes sense. But I can't imagine him being all that great a heel worker. Uh, um, who knows? Maybe he's like a young uh, Ric Flair or something like that. I don't know. But uh, um, yeah, it's just yeah, been just kind of by numbers, and it's been. They haven't really stretched themselves outside their comfort zone. I really did enjoy their first match, so I think this match will probably be good. Um, it's yeah, just uh, I think there was like a couple of the promo segments. There was that one promo segment. I think it was the uh, um, the LA show in January, where I was like expecting something really big to happen, and it was like that was the one where it was like they announced that Ricky Starks was going to be wrestling Jake Hager. And then in, in the promo after the match, they were like, Ricky Starks was like, Hey, Jake Hager, I challenge you. And they're like, Oh, well, we already know this. Cause you just announced it before the segment. So, oh, right. They had like yeah. the, they had things out of sequence mm-hmm. somehow. Yeah. yeah. That was, yeah. that was just a really weird segment where it just seemed like they had nothing and they were just kind of, it's like they threw them out there unprepared to kill time, which would not be something you would be happening on Dynamite because normally it's the opposite that's going on. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. It's I, I expected it to be better at the outset. And when they had that match that was really good, I was 
quite high in it. And then every week since, it's just been kind of chipping away at my excitement. Um, I, I kind of am intrigued by the Daniel Garcia, Sammy Guevara element of it, but they haven't really explored that in a in a very meaningful way. Maybe that's still to come. Um, uh, yeah, it's been it's been okay. Uh, I'm. I'm excited for the match because I think it'll probably be good and I'm interested to see who wins, but I'm not frothing at the mouth for the match like I am, say, uh, Hangman and, and Moxley. So so are you, I would guess then you're going to pick, uh, you're picking Jericho then with the Andretti turn? Um, hmm. I think so. Yeah, I think Jericho's probably, it's like a... It's like a maybe a fifty-five forty-five for me on this, but I'll I'll go Jericho. That's where I'm at too, and uh, I you know I'm I kind of feel I was on a similar trajectory to you, but they did they did kind of get me back last week with the contract signing angle of all things, because I liked I liked the way Ricky played that, where you know because he out you know all appearances where he outsmarted Jericho, but I guess. If Andretti ends up turning, then I guess Jericho actually outsmarted him. So maybe that's maybe that's not so great. But I liked in the moment. I really liked that angle. Yeah, I, I'm sorry, Alan. Go ahead. No, no, sorry. I had nothing else big to to say there. So okay, Megan. It's like okay. So without the Andretti info, background info, I I was gonna pick Starks because. Doesn't he deserve a big win at this point? It, this whole feud has been him losing. Well, I mean, he won the first match. Yeah, but then there was cheating and all that. So, like, I thought this would be his way to get that back. Okay, so either it's that or it's just, like, one of those Jericho feuds that can just keeps continuing. I know, but it's like, why, <laughs> Jericho? What? <laughs> Can't you just give Starks the the push and then you go focus on something else? Like at this point, why? So I was gonna pick Ricky Starks, and I I think I'm gonna stick with that just because okay. why not? Um, but I can't say that I I don't know I won't be upset if Andretti turns heel because that could be like an interesting new angle on it. But also I don't know this whole feud has kind of like not thrilled me and. And I'd be fine if it was just like Starks wins and then and then everybody goes their separate ways and does something else. Justin, do you think like what have you thought about Andretti's reactions lately? It's, to me, it almost seems like they might as well turn him because he's not he doesn't seem to have like anything special with the dynamite crowds, at least. That's true, although he's not the first person to do something interesting and then suffer from lack of follow up or focus. It's personally painful for me because I believe I did your show the week that he won his match, and I correctly predicted that there would be some kind of like Razor Ramon and the one, two, three kid palsmanship between him and Starks. But then, well, that is literally true. Nothing really has uh, stemmed from it too much. They I, they had less chemistry than Maurice and Ted DiBiase. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, my God, those two were destined for each other. (laughs) Um, That said, um, 
Jericho appreciation society is already so big. What can they do with another guy who is the third of what would be the three like high flying cocky mans? They're not high flying, but you know, undersized. He could get put under Sammy's tutelage, just like Garcia has. Only he could be. He could be extra um, bitter about it. I don't know. <laughs> Matt Hardy, Shannon Moore, and Crash Holly. For each other. <laughs> What was Crash Ollie? He was the moron. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and and Sh- Shannon. The yeah, Shannon was the Matitude follower, the MFer, and Crash was the moron. Yeah. So they were all each other. It was like a Russian doll kind of situation of lackeys. <laughs> that last. That must have lasted about three weeks, right? <laughs> like, I, guess. I think Crash I think... was out into Mad Mikey times pretty soon mm-hmm. after that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay, Jenny. I'm gonna pick Starks just so the feud will end. Okay, <laughs> it's three for Starks just so the feud will end. Same page. <laughs> Speaking of uh, pages, uh oh, talk about the girl match. Okay, I, I picked up what you were putting down. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah, what about Adam done, Page? We already we've talked done about this, him. we've done this enough times by now. Um, <laughs> Yes, so next up... Are we we going to do a nighttime reading of the Book of Hobbes? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's like a little journal. I don't know if you saw it. It's um, surprisingly small compared to what he... It's not nearly as thick as the Book of Truth was. No. Um, We have a three-way match for the AEW Women's World Championship. And um, Jamie Hayter is defending against Soraya and Ruby Soho. And I know... I know Alan just went first on the last round, but I am. I think he's. I think he's ready. I think he's ready to go again on on this one. You're getting called up, Alan. So here's the thing. <laughs> the most annoying character presence in AEW to me, <laughs> despite my respect for her as a as a wrestler. The most annoying presence in AEW to me for quite a number of months was Ruby Riot. Or sorry, Ruby So. Mm-hmm. And then young Soraya came along <laughs> and said, I'll show you annoying and unbearable. <laughs> and uh, Soraya is awful she is a relic of a different time and has not adjusted to what current the current standards of women's wrestling both in terms of the actual work itself the characters um yeah like when when i look at someone like jamie hater and what she brings to the table it's just so much more in tune with what i think the bar is for women's wrestling right now than what it was in 2014 when Paige and Emma was a shockingly great match on NXT and everyone was at that time rightly throwing uh, throwing flowers at it and saying how good it was because the standard and the respect that women's wrestling got in WWE was so low and we're so far past that now and Paige is just yeah, or Soraya is just from that 
yeah, she just hasn't. It's it's Bill Watts coming back to WCW in nineteen ninety two with the book and uh, and not knowing, uh, still thinking it's nineteen eighty six. And um, yeah, I uh, she's and she, she's just very annoying. The way she talks, her American British accent. It's no American <laughs> Irish accent, let me tell you. And uh, um, yeah, I just. She she bothers me greatly, and do you know what else bothers me? Three way matches, and uh, <laughs> um, do you know what else bothers me? Great wrestlers getting wasted in a bad spot on pay per view real estate that's hard to come by, and Jamie Hader has been one of AEW's best wrestlers in the last twelve months. She delivers every time, and it would not shock me if she manages to turn this. Uh, if she manages to pour out a Morgan this thing and uh, <laughs> turn this uh, lemon into lemonade, um, it would not shock me at all uh, because she is that good. Um, oh, I hope she doesn't have to lose an eye to do it. Yeah, oh, it you would basically... make her. It would make her erotic blackjack dealer outfit even uh, more. Uh... So weird, <laughs> such a weird fashion choice, guys. What is she doing? I I, I said to Andy earlier today that 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 line on the, your show last week, I just that was tremendous. I died. I was laughing for about five minutes after that because it was so perfect. You characterized specific. it very well. <laughs> it's just how I felt in my heart at that moment. <laughs> but yeah, the wrong. match is the match is going to be rotten. Um, yeah, <laughs> J- J- Jamie Hader in general, her fashion is uh, it, it's I, I she she comes out wearing things that I'm just like, oh, the kids these days in her fashion, I'm way out of touch. I don't know. <laughs> I'm sure it's very trendy, but uh, yeah, it's. Uh, she, I'm like, what is she wearing this week? That's a, a wild ensemble. And, uh, <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, uh, I think um, I think she is probably going to struggle to have a good like Ruby. Ruby Soho is good. She really delves a bit too much into the Shawn Michaels NXT <laughs> overacting. Oh my god, why am I? <laughs> Oh, like look at my hands style stuff. Um, uh, what was that match? What was that match early in her AEW run where she, like, she hit not even her real finisher. She hit like her sub finisher, and somebody kicked out, and she like scooted eyes. away into the yeah, corner. She, yeah, she did the back scoot into the corner, yeah. like yeah. the Johnny Gargano or Tommaso Ciampa, like start chewing your wrist in shock it was, types. It was unbelievable. What are you doing? Come uh, on. Um, but yeah, uh, I don't know. I, I think this could go badly, badly awry. Um, and I will <laughs> happily come on here and uh, eat humble pie and, and uh, admit I was wrong if they managed to... Uh, uh, Parada Morgan, this thing. Um, so, uh, yeah. Uh, well, Soraya's last pay per view match did not go well, so I don't think Ew. that can. Yeah. Oh, against Britt. Yeah, that was rough. Twas disappointing. So, Alan, is that is that hater to retain then? Oh God, I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> Jenny, what do you Whatever think? You're eating, can you hater. dip it in the tea and enjoy it that way? Oh, is it like a is a biscuit 
Is it a bloody biscuit, mate? I've also got Jamie Hader. I have like no further thoughts on the, on the match. Thank you, Alan, for for carrying the analysis. Alan just uh, broke it down like it was his job. How about you, Matt? Do you have anything for us? Um, I really 100% agree with everything Alan said, and so I'm picking Hader. I think it would be ludicrous to take the title off her for anyone else in this match. I I don't know what they'd be doing. It would it would anger me honestly. And Justin. I wish her well, and I'll give her at least time to get more used to wrestling. Uh, although I think her willingness to try things to help this match might be dangerous, because you never know what kind of like. I mean, she, she does like a, a somersault off the top rope and stuff. That's not that. You bad. know what? You know what Saray is. Sorry, just I'm cutting across your. You know what her problem is. You know what her. Uh-oh. You know what it's like. Really had a nerve. <laughs> what well, most... is it, baby girl? <laughs> Oh God! <laughs> I, what was her? She had a different word. Oh yeah, she kept, when she was a baby face, it was just like this is my house. And as soon as she turned heel, it was oh baby girl, oh baby girl, you baby girl. It's like oh, oh my God! Girl. <laughs> you have your you have your baby face line, your heel line, and uh, baby but girl yeah, line. her her problem she is turned baby girl. She's. <laughs> My my lack of faith in her getting better or adjusting um, is so low because she's the most perpetually aggrieved, gotten to, attacked person. In like, I'm sure she gets a lot of like due to her status and whatnot. I'm sure she gets a lot of grief and all this kind of stuff. But like, she's not someone who takes criticism well even i'd say the most constructive criticism like she just views it as a slight and like this is not someone who has ever shown any effort to or any effort to like actually like take on board maybe some criticism and, and kind of um yeah you know uh improve um so yeah just constantly just feeling attacked and um it's uh i mean her her entrance theme is a song by her abusive boyfriend about sticking it to people trying to cancel you like i mean <laughs> Yikers. Like, oh my gosh what are we doing here i will say to put some perspective on it like women on the internet it's rough um and she went through the rough time with like uh adr which is just like F and what? Sorry, Alan. I'm trying not to curse. It's like hard. <laughs> oh no, but, no. We're 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 allowed to say fuck Alberto Del Rio. That's, oh, that's yeah. well with it. <laughs> he's, yeah, he's, he's a fucking gobshite. Yeah, I hate him. <laughs> and so like I with Soraya, like I I am in this place of like I'm trying to balance. Man, what a trial of like mental health and 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 being a woman on the internet that she went through, but also dealing with the fact that like I don't think she's as good of a wrestler as I remembered her and that's rough when you're in a company where there actually are good women wrestlers and you're being put up against them so it's like it's like I fully get that her resistance to criticism is probably like because of the fact that she had so much criticism at that like really tough point in her life but also like you're right she is not keeping up with the times. And so there's this balance of like, I think you could do better, but also I get why you're so resistant to change, but also 
I'm like really disappointed in your performance mm-hmm. since you've come into this company. So I struggle with that, but I do think ultimately I land on the side of, um, as a professional wrestler, um, and taking, you know, trying to take all the like sexism and misogyny out of it. Like you're not doing, you're not performing at the level that your peers are and that I expect you to be, um, based on that. And so that's like really disappointing and it kind of breaks my heart because I really thought Saray was super cool in NXT. I was like, oh, yes, let's represent the goths out there. Um, Love it. Love those goth ladies. It's a different image. But also now I'm just kind of like, look, all the female wrestlers are suddenly allowed to have like colorful hair and express themselves in ways they weren't before. It's we're not divas. We're, you know, wrestlers. Um, And and you're just not you're not there. Like you have not grown with the times and it's like a rough kind of criticism to make of her. She's extremely WWE brained as well. Like mm-hmm. she literally went from we years say fed brained Alan. Fed brained, <laughs> okay. Fed pilled. Um, <laughs> she, like the wrestling she knows is like the grimiest of the grimy UK holiday camp style like I, I'm not going to go on a tangent about her the Knight family and the, the wrestling they've been involved in over the years that's a whole other thing but like that and then WWE which is just the most odd combo of and like current kind of like performance center era WWE, I suppose, which was well, she had a bit of FCW, but I mean, it's all like, look, it's. I don't think she has very well-rounded wrestling instincts, um, and I think if if she was someone who was like really open to change and open to learning new things, I think AEW would be a really. I think there's a lot of good people in AEW to to, to learn from. Um, but I don't think she really has. She doesn't seem to have the designs to want to do that or to be open to that. And um, I, I think just athletically, the the game has passed her by as well, um, unfortunately. And obviously her injuries, I'm sure, play a big part in that. It's for, certainly within reason that she takes some time to knock the rust off. But I mean... It's AEW, you don't get a chance to wrestle a lot. So, I mean, like, she's being put out there in a pay per view that people are paying money to see. Like, at a certain point, you kind of, it's fair to be judging. Like, that excuse goes away when customers are paying their money and a decent amount of money at that to watch these shows. Like, it, we're not paying to watch her gradually get her wheels back under her as a wrestler over the, over the course of like how many matches has she had so far? Like it's been three months and she's had about more than it's been six months and she's had maybe what about five matches? Like are we going to have to wait a year for her to have 10 matches? Like she, cause she's not going to have them. She's not going to have improved a lot in that time with, with that l- small of a schedule. So I don't see it turning around and, uh, yeah, we'll see if Jamie Hader can work some magic by just doing Jamie Hader things, which usually means hitting people really hard and being really aggressive. Now, Alan, 
as a European correspondent. Um, Jamie Hader, him. <laughs> I'm only European on Dynamite days. <laughs> but thank you for the acknowledgement, Justin. Uh, I, I see. I see your surname on the Skype thing here, Megan. That's that's a solid German-sounding name. Was that it's for you? Super <laughs> German. Uh, I also yes, I did one of those DNA tests. I'm super German. Turns out. Yeah, turns out super German. <laughs> um, oh, good talk. Uh, I will. Yeah, I will I, be going. I will be going to see your all your friends over there next week. I know nothing of my heritage. I just know I'm from Germany. Um, but Alan. Uh, we've got two British wrestlers in this match. Um, Jamie Hader used to hitting hard. Soraya, I I believe one of her you know kind of origin stories was she came to NXT and was not liked largely because she hit hard. So do you think that there's any hope of like the fact that they're willing to wrestle that style, whether Ruby Soho is or not? Like, do you think that's helpful that there's two Brits in the ring or? Or that's not going to help it. <laughs> that's not going to save it. Um, I think a lot of that depends always on how the people, because uh, wrestlers will always say that like, if it's someone who you like and get along with well, it's a lot easier to just be, okay, we'll hit each other hard. It's no big deal. And then if it's people who, if it's Thunder Rosa and Jamie Hader. And uh, then things can fall apart and it can get quite ugly. And uh, um, yeah, so it kind of depends. I don't know. I have no idea what kind of relationship Soraya and J- Jamie Hayter have, if they're friendly with each other or, or what. But uh, it, uh, yeah, I I could certainly see one way or another a few live rounds being thrown in this one. It could just be completely accidental too. Like, I mean, Jamie Hayter, like, absolutely destroyed uh, Tony Storm's face right in their pay-per-view match so um. uh, we're, we're coming near the end here uh, we got two matches to go so let's go with uh, the elite versus the house of black on the record I'm sorry Andy I don't I'm not it's not that important for me to pick Jamie Hayter Justin but if, if I get disqualified then no I'm sorry I'm sorry Justin did you not say anything I don't remember. I don't think so. <laughs> but I, I blacked out during that last. I second. believe I talked about Paige at first. I said something about them. I must you did, have. Didn't you did I? the Paige. Um, I don't segue. think you got a pick in, Justin. So I've got you down for Ruby Soho, and now we we can move on. Sabotage. <laughs> there is um, something very poetic that. Uh, Saray is literally going to wrestle her hater. That's one of her enemies. That would be like if if Perrotta Morgan wrestled Peripheral Vision. <laughs> That's so mean, Justin. Justin, I'll, uh, the very first time you were on this program, uh, when, because you had gone to the, the live Dynamite in uh, Pittsburgh, I'll never forget what you said about the Britt Baker Jamie Hader match. Uh, <laughs> when Jamie Hader was like, you know, pretty much an unknown, and Britt was like the hot new shit, uh, babyface they were trying to 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 sell to us and and you said something like, uh, you know, then Britt Baker wrestled Jamie Hader. We all have our haters. <laughs> <laughs> yep, I still had it from episode one. It was great to get back in the saddle. And now she uses the hater uh, terminology. It's on her um, 
Contron or whatever they're called. Haters gonna hate. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, yeah. So, the, but it is the uh, trios title match: the Elite versus the House of Black. There has been pretty minimal buildup for this, but I might be more excited about this than anything outside of uh, those top two matches we talked about because I just think it's going to rock. So uh, I am it seems like the- it, it could be, and I quote, a banger. <laughs> yes, um, I, I am picking the elite, but I am just I'm I'm really just this is this is one I'm I'm really excited to sit back and uh, take in. Jenny, this seems like you're like up your alley. I'm going to go with the elite on this one. Okay. Anybody else want to weigh in? Any thoughts? Any predictions? Any anything? Um, well, I am frantically trying to cage match something here to uh, to give <laughs> us a stat. Um, uh, so I'll let Justin go first while I try to uh, pull this stat out. And now I'm going to say what I already knew that I was going to say, and I'm just going to go ahead and say it because I already had decided before now, and all that's left at this point is simply to say what I think. And we all collectively agree that I know that, and that is um, House of Black will win to move the Elite onto some kind of... Oh, no, they can do that with the six-man belts. Okay, no, no, no. Does that count? That doesn't count. Elite win. Did you take your hand off the piece? Because Don't. it counts if you take your hand off. I didn't. Okay. That's how chess works. Okay. The queen's garbit. <laughs> so I um having basically followed Tommy End his whole career and pretty much the From same. From the start for... until the present. For, yeah, pretty much the same with Kenny and like Kenny essentially from like when he left developmental and the box from when Matt Jackson used to send me videos on MySpace of them doing their backyard stuff in like 2005. <laughs> so, oh my god, I've... not on this podcast, but like just offline. Can we please talk about that? Just you and me, Alan. <laughs> sure. sure. Mr. Mr. Instant Replay, uh, Matt Jackson was uh, quite the. uh, the, It was his email, by the way. Mr. It was uh, Mr. Instant Instant Replay at whatever uh, email service, and Nick's was uh, Slick Nick Junction. I think was his. uh, Jenny, take uh, note. It's probably at gmail.com. (laughs) <laughs> I doubt they use those emails then anymore, but uh who knows? Maybe they maybe they do. Um but uh uh yeah. Um so basically moral story, I've known these guys and followed their whole careers since the inception. And I was thinking there, I was like, has Tommy ever wrestled any of these guys? Um because it's fascinating to me to think what like modern Malachi Black and Kenny Omega would, would do together in the ring. Like I'm very fascinated what, what that might look like. It seems so fresh. Even like this feud, the story hasn't had much of a build. It's come out very quickly. But the match itself is so fresh feeling. These guys haven't mixed it up. And uh so I, I look to see and he has actually been in the ring with all three of them. And 
I should have been well aware because all the matches have happened in the place I'm going next week, the place where I did commentary, WXW Germany. Um, and one of the shows was actually a WXW Dragon Gate uh, joint show. So I really should have remembered that one. Uh, opened the German Gate, uh, the Young Bucks against Mark Haskins and Tommy End in 2009. But we also had a... Um, a three-way elimination match in 2010, the Young Bucks against Cheech and Cloudy up in smoke, and the Crimson City Saga, which was the uh, team name of Tommy End and Emo Young Zack Sabre Jr. With his, uh, <laughs> if you've never seen Emo Zack's hair back in 2010, that's quite Wait, what, Crimson City what? Crimson City Saga, S-A-G-A. Yeah, that definitely sounds like some Malachi Black shit. <laughs> yeah, Hell yeah. Sure. Hold uh-huh. on. What was Emo Zack's name? Emo Zack. I have to Google this. Zack well, he was Zack Sabre Jr., but e- it was but- back from like 2008 until maybe 2010. He had a very, uh, he had very funny hair. It's like and if I Google Emo Zack Sabre Jr., it's know, not helping me at all. No, probably not. <sighs> Okay, sorry. I'll try Continue. About Zach Jr. plus year. What year should it be, Alan? Two thousand eight, I think, would be a good one. All right, I'm on it. Keep going. Keep doing normal things. I'm doing uh, this. Find his. Find it's on YouTube. Find his match with Brian Danielson from <gasps> two thousand eight. I in found it. He looks like Justin Bieber. <laughs> <laughs> um, and now Selena and Haley are beefing, and I am screaming. <laughs> There's also a Sumerian Death Squad, uh, Tommy End and uh, Michael God. Dante. Uh, oh, wow. I that is, love this drama. That is um, uh, the Dante's Inferno that Tommy and uh, Brody King do is named as such as a tribute to uh, Michael Dante. I, oh. I, would, uh, I don't know that for sure, but I would certainly hope it is because it's the move he used to do with Michael Dante. So calling it Dante's Inferno seems like a shout out to his his old pal. They defeated the Young Bucks in 2011. And then um, on the Kenny Omega front, I was like, I definitely don't think there was a Kenny and Tommy match. And uh, then I found WXW 2008, a four-way. Steve Douglas defeats Davey Richards. He was not bitten before making this flight. (laughs) And... Kenny Omega and Tommy End in a uh, in a four way in the Turban in Halle in Oberhausen, uh, where I will be next week, and where uh, Megan's Megan's aunt and uncle live around the corner. Hell yeah! (laughs) Omega and Black do seem kind of like perfect opponents for each other. Yeah, don't they? Yeah, they could do some. uh, Could be reminiscent of Omega Park. Once when I uh, once when I arrived into WSW for a weekend and I was kind of going around and just saying hi to people and stuff and I I came up to Tommy and this is this could be lore that he draws on now in uh, in, in the match um, with uh, Kenny Omega and Kota Ibushi obviously being so close. Tommy comes up to me and I was like, hey, hey Tommy, how you doing? He's like, you see fucking Kota Ibushi? And I was like. He's like, I was like, uh, what? It's just after a Tokyo Dome show. It's like, stole my move. <laughs> I was like, did he, <laughs> did he now, Tommy? 
and I was like trying to think which move was this. I was like, I was like, oh yeah, he did that like jump where you avoid the guy and do a double foot stomp, and like I was like, oh yeah, yeah, the the foot stomp deal was it? And he was like, and he then he like looks me dead in the eye and he says something like, I, I can't even remember what it was called. He's like, oh, it's the half moon stomp or something like he had some real dark imagery name for it i was like that's that's my thing alan you were you know that that's my thing i was like alan you know that's my thing sure thing sure thing it is tommy you can't do that to the twilight oblivion (laughs) does tommy end have nova energy (laughs) oh yeah oh big time tommy has a lot of energy he has a lot of different energies for sure I love this drama school. Like, I've got a character. I'm sticking to it. I live it, breathe it. So I am so sold on this. And I know I'm, like, probably the minority here. But I freaking love Germans it. are not minorities. Oh, calm down. <laughs> oh, I just see the poster. You got you got a perfect Emo Zach poster. Or I found there. Emo Zach. And I <laughs> died a little <laughs> But also, it really amuses me. He looks like Justin Bieber. Watch him and Brian Danielson, the, the match they had in a, in a pub in Coventry, England from 2008. Uh, Alan, you say that like I can just conjure up it, It's that. on YouTube. Yeah, it's on it's okay. on YouTube. It's good. It's worth watching. Um, okay. Like a pub fight between Zack Sabre Jr. and Brian Danielson. Yep. yep. Okay, it's... I'll Google it. I'll Google it. Um, But... Uh, the um yeah there's i'll I'll be interested to see what kind of lore like if if they do like tommy's like i've been waiting since 2008 in determine how an overhouse in kenny omega i've been (laughs) stewing and we've been i've been wearing these antlers as a symbol of that day (laughs) so like am i the only weirdo that would find that very very compelling because <laughs> i think that would be fun and also i would like, just enjoy the bitterness of it yes i mean i love the long-standing bitterness i can hold a grudge <laughs> i love other people that can hold grudges i love when we tie that back the drama school like aspect of it all i love julia hart's like i'm you know stevie nicks witchy sort of like her whole look i think house of black rules and I know that like not everybody thinks that, but that's where my heart is. So I'm gonna pick. I that. hope Julia Hart uses a like a potion and it makes Brandon color melt. That would be so <laughs> cool if she just like tosses it and then he just, I don't know what effect you would need to like melt a person, but if that sandpaper, if that worked. Do you know what I got reminded of this week uh, on Dynamite, which always throws me off, always throws me for a loop. The voice that comes out of Julia Hart is not the voice you expect <laughs> to come out of Julia Hart. Well, she Didn't was anyone ever notice a that? cheerleader. It, you know, I actually did notice that this week, Alan. Um, so it must have been extra whatever that is because I, I picked up on it. It's Yeah, it's just not how I expect her to sound. I don't know yeah. how I expect her to sound, but it's not that. It's it just like seems butcher. like she, she should not, she, she's not big enough to sound like that. She should be... Yes. That's exactly, that is, yeah. It's like, she's like a reverse the butcher. (laughs) She is the anti-butcher. Whoa. (laughs) Like when Alan drinks the opposite. 
<laughs> Awakey time tea. <laughs> okay, Alan. So all that context. Do you think? Do you th- do you do you think the titles are changing here, or are we are we uh, or is this just the beginning? Or um, or are those thing two things not mutually exclusive? I don't know. Like if I don't think the titles changing has an effect on whether or not they potentially go into this uh, aforementioned Blackpool Combat Club elite scenario that Justin laid out, um, because you could form a trio of Blackpool Combat Club guys to um, like that feud could somewhat revolve around those those belts. But yes, that's also, what I panicked and realized and was like, no, 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 yeah, do something with those belts. <laughs> yeah, like I, I don't, yeah. Um, really don't know uh i think i feel i'm gonna go with the elite i think they want to establish them as champions a bit more and yeah i i think i'll I'll go with them for this and i think i think when push comes to shove i don't think the house of black are tony's guys i don't i think he appreciates them and i think he likes having them a part of the show but i don't think he gets the joy in booking and crafting their stuff as much as he does some other people. And that I think could be like why you only see like this appearing out of nowhere in like the last like two weeks because he was like that was the thing he was like probably least excited by. He was more excited about doing like the basketball match with the uh, <laughs> um with the guys on, on Rampage a couple of weeks ago. So yeah that 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 makes sense. Justin, how about you? Um, I would formally like to pick the elite. Okay. And no take backs. Mm-hmm. Officially, you're picking the elite? Please let me do it. Please. Yes, I picked the elite. And relatedly, that reminded me, Andy, we're coming back to do another show very soon. You don't have to yeah. do it on this one, but sometime as yes. a nicety to me. Can you do this introduction of your show? And you would say, hello, I am, of course, Andy. And not 500 miles to my south in North Carolina. (laughs) Jenny and Megan. Okay, I promise. North Carolina. I promise I'll do it. It's uncanny how much those two names sound like the main guy's name. And I never realized in more than three years. Oh, yeah, you're right. I didn't even know what you were doing until you just uh, explained it to me. So Now am I freaking your entire Jenny mind brain? Megan. Jenny yeah. and Megan. Yeah. That's literally so crazy, I'm screaming. <laughs> <laughs> okay, calm down. Uh, Sounds okay. like Justin needs some sleepy time tea. Yeah. <laughs> Justin right. took the coffee route, and he's losing his mind. Megan? What? I need a pick from you. House of Black. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah, I'm going full on like this is drama. The Shawn Michaels drama school, NXT, like House of Black is doing something. Okay. I want those spooky weirdos to win. Two out of the three of those guys were, you know, under that learning tree. So. Yeah. Um, okay. And that just takes us to uh, the final match. No holds barred. Christian Cage. Versus Jungle Boy Jack Perry. And I'm going to let Justin go first because Christian is his account. 
Part of me wants to be like, yeah, Christian should win and continue <laughs> to be so sneaky. But no, the time has come for him to be concertoed unto his death. <laughs> unto his death? It's not even just like a temporary, you know, win? You want uh, him dead? He will literally go in the grave. Man, that's tough. Jungle Boy was digging one this week. In the Jungle Boy Jack Cemetery. Why did that that tombstone look so shitty? I don't... Guys, wasn't it reminiscent? Like, it really reminded me of um, AJ Styles and and Undertaker. Yeah, is it Undertaker in the damn Iron Man match? That's the last time I saw a tombstone look so (laughs) shitty. (laughs) Damn. That's the uh, the the wrestling graveyard. If you need to book a, it's Damn. it's a very special it's a very specialty uh, specific business. Um, if you need to book a wrestling angle in the graveyard, uh, you could they take bookings. Um, and uh, that's all they do. You can't actually bury people there. It's only for wrestling <laughs> angles. <laughs> Look, we have to allow free digging here, so no real corpses. It was. They also ex- they also accept embalming and the uh, the Steve Austin Undertaker embalming angle in in 1998 that uh, took place from the same graveyard. Happened in Columbus, say? Ohio. No oh, way. Did it? He went that and put yeah. Paul Bear in like... the Columbus sewer. <laughs> So the, I, the um, <laughs> I uh, that was back when I used to watch Raw on Scramble Vision. Um, Megan, are you familiar with Scramble Vision? I mean, I'm assuming that's like, um, like you Porno can't, shit. you can't watch the H. Yeah, you, you can't watch the like Skinamax. Uh, but you're trying to watch wrestling and not porn. <laughs> Very much so. I was, I was. Raw is porn. Raw is porn. <laughs> It was it was Sky Sports. You couldn't uh, you you needed a special cable subscription that my non sport loving dad was absolutely not going to get me. So <laughs> I was able to uh, to stay up late on a Friday night when I was like twelve years old, thirteen years old, and I would I would watch uh, the audio of Raw while the the oh screen God. was just scrambled. Yeah, oh yeah, we all did it. Like this was, I was far from the only what? one. In the... Wait, sorry, I'm sorry. Young Alan, was that satisfying to just hear raw instead oh, of it seeing? Must have been deeply compelling. It was <laughs> compelling to say the least. It was enchanting. Okay. But it's it like also Vin le- Scully calling the old ball game. <laughs> it, all, okay. it also led to some confusion, such as when you're 12 years old and you've never heard the world embalming before and you have no <laughs> idea what it is. Oh and my God. Is that Jim how you Ross learned about is, like, dead people? Jim Ross is. No, I didn't learn anything. I just heard Jim Ross. Screaming! I was gonna bomb him. I was gonna bomb him. I was, like, I was like, "What? I was like, what are they talking about?" I was like, "I can't believe they're gonna bomb Stone Cold." And then, make it worse, Undertaker and Paul Bear start speaking in tongues, and and he's like, "My God, they're speaking in tongues!" And I'm like, "Are they just speaking Latin?" Because I was like doing Latin in school, and it sounded like they were speaking some kind of Latin, and I was like, "What is going on?" I had no idea, and. It, it and then like so my routine then Megan would be the next morning on Sky One which was a free channel you would get to see like WF Livewire or something like that which was like a recap show but it was like edited for 
morning UK television, so sure, they yeah. weren't showing the embalming. So all this embalming stuff that like <laughs> was cut out of it. So it was years before I actually like got to see what the hell happened that night on Raw. Alan, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, was really, was I really weird, that, uh, oh my god! Oh my god! Was a really weird I believe that specific dialect uh, was uh, called a uh, fakus Latinus Satanicus. <laughs> oh, Alan. Oh, Alan. That's some wild stuff I've heard. I'm trying really hard not to curse. Um, that is wild. Are you? Yeah. So you as a child heard the word <laughs> embalming, did not have visuals to go with it, and then didn't. Ever had sort a, of like had a get wrestling commentator, had a southern wrestling commentator just shouting oh about it. I didn't even know what he was, <laughs> what he was actually saying. Yeah. Oh my god! I think wow. I probably heard. Like, I probably heard it. I probably heard it in a real context where it was actually like explained what it was. Like a couple of years later, and I was like, "Oh, was that what Undertaker was doing to Stone Cold that night? Ah, <laughs> oh, that just makes some sense." Bombing yeah. him left and right. Just so much embalming happening oh my god wow that's really weird for a child i have to imagine i don't know like do you 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 obviously have come out of this just fine but that is so weird i i would often um uh so I would often be playing um, Championship Manager, like 1997, 1998, which was a football manager simulator game um, on the PC with the uh, Scramble Vision Raw going on behind me. So I'm, I was also kind of distracted by like having like Barcelona, like trying to make some signing for Barcelona or something like that. So there was a lot going on at the same time, really. It was a real head spinning kind of a, uh, yeah. Okay. What else? Wow, so your childhood, what a wild time. This oh, is what we all did. Uh, sure, I mean, I <laughs> I watched Scrambled Wrestling for sure as a child. <laughs> I think it was just, I think it was an over here thing. I was like, yeah, everyone load up their championship manager and look on a bit of Jim Ross on Scramble Vision, and that's <laughs> Friday nights. So we all compare notes next day on Saturday when we go ahead and kick a football around. <laughs> like, did what was the Go, Did sorry, any of ahead. your friends know what embalming was? Not a clue. Not a clue. <laughs> Did any of them, like, were their parents cool enough to be like, yes, we will buy the, the level of television required to watch wrestling so that they could report back to you, like, oh, you heard this audio-wise? Yeah, like, here's what actually happened. Yeah, but a stupid... 12 year old kid in Dublin um, their description of what Undertaker was doing to Stone Cold is probably less uh, factual than um, uh, what we were getting from the Jim Ross description over the air so okay yeah. okay that's I mean it's what a time okay. he takes an explosive magnesium device or Emma bomb, and he put it in the chest cavity and blew him up. I mean, that's certainly more exciting. <laughs> and, and usually, I'll be I'll be perfectly honest. We were thirteen, and like those who had the uh, ability to see raw, um, the thing that was getting reported was not the embalming. It was the oh. This is what Sable did this week. It's like, oh, so you saw that? Oh, 
what's the boobs report for this week? Yeah, it was. Yeah, basically, it was like a boobs report. It was like that was the the main topic of the of the day for the people who actually were able lucky enough to see it. By late ninety eight, you could even be talking about Deborah's puppies. Woohoo! <laughs> oh my gosh, Lawler! I am so. Ugh, bleh, I hate him. Kicking a man when he's down. <laughs> I will. He sucks. Sorry. <laughs> That's uh, fair. Megan, but does he suck as much as the mean Christian Cage in um, this match with the Jungle Boy? I freaking love heel Christian, so I cannot say that he sucks at all. Um, he's so hot. He was hot this week again. Such a hot dad, and he's so mean, and that really appeals to me. I it's probably an indication <laughs> that I'm broken. <laughs> but like I love I love heel Christian. So mean. Um, so like, but like, is it his time to win? That's the question because Jungle Boy, ugh, Jungle Boy is such a, such a, ugh, Jungle Boy Christian throughout. did already beat him once, you know. He did. And like Jungle Boy at AEW, I feel like he should have won so many more times than he has in AEW. So I don't know if this is like. This is like one of those pivotal moments where it should be his time or not. But regardless, I think he's coming from a deficit. But I also think Christian as a heel is like a stronger character. So I don't know how to reconcile that internally. But I think if I'm doing the wrestling math, like Jungle Boy should win, right? Like he should win. He should beat this older man who I love. <laughs> was a heel but like he should win because he's a young physically capable man <laughs> Am I correct? Is that, is that incorrect? Sounds like you could sell this match to an entirely new demographic if you really Hi, if you he's really a young to. physically capable man <laughs> Like I don't know how to interpret this match because I do I th- think Christian Cage's think- er, character is really funny I don't know. I think Alan. we've worked out that Megan's dream, ultimate wrestling dream match is uh, current heel Christian Cage against 2008 emo Zack Sabre Jr. <laughs> Can we just tap into be as a teenager and just put like Christian Cage against emo Zack Sabre Jr. And like uh, teenager Megan would be like, yes, everyone's a winner here. No losers. <laughs> How do you think teenager Megan would be into dad heel Christian Cage. Oh, teenager Megan. Okay, you can. (laughs) (laughs) It's just giving me the permission to, like, not answer this question. Why would she not answer this question? (laughs) You don't have to. Okay, you can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, teenager Megan would be like, Christian Cage, what a weird dad. Yeah. Um, But, like, 30-something Megan is like, what a hot dad. Oh, so. Yeah, but 30-something Megan can appreciate emo Zack Sabre Jr. I mean, I think his hair is ridiculous. (laughs) It's ridiculous. Justin? Justin? Yes? Please. I would like to choose Jack Perry to win the match. (laughs) (laughs) Justin, what are we talking about here? That's not the point of this podcast. Okay, is Christian hot? Yes. Jenny, what do you think? I'm going to go with uh, Jungle Boy. All right, Alan. I don't even know who I picked. 
You picked Jack Newby. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thank you. You said he should win the match. Yeah. He should win the match. match. Alan, I need your I need your analysis to close us out on these on this uh, preview. Um, I think they're all lovely looking young fellows. Alan, who's the fellows. hottest immediately? You have to answer <laughs> the question. Um, uh, powerhouse Hobbs standing on the ladder. <laughs> <laughs> you are correct. You pass. Um, I think uh, let's go with. I really want Christian to win it. That would be so fun. <laughs> <laughs> but um, just a total shitbag heel. Just like I, AW needs just he he's like because even Jeff Jarrett like I think Jeff Jarrett kind of everyone kind of laughs along with his heel. I think people generally genuinely like despise Christian. Like he is total. Like there's nothing like about him. Um. I'd I'd like to see him win, but I don't think he will. So I'm going Jack Perry. So what we know about is this that Alan all? is on my side. Stuff like But the Christian act, wouldn't it be fun if he like had a new nemesis to torment? And Christian said he wanted to win a belt before Jungle Boy did. And what I am therefore proposing oh, yeah. is Christian versus Hook. Christian being mean to Hook, being like <laughs> Oh <laughs> my, my god. god. Christian being the first person to beat Hook. Imagine how much more hate that would get him. That would be so messed up. There is there's um there's lore there because uh when Christian came Uh oh. Did we lose Alan? Lore. Lore, Alan Lore. Please, sir, I'd like some lore. Damn it, Justin. That was so good. I have a... <laughs> okay. I, I, we might have had, be having a bandwidth issue. I'm going to kill my camera. Me too. And Alan is still not here. I Alan, think the please, lore sir, that, I'd like some lore. I think the lore that uh, that Alan was referring to, if I, if I remember correctly, and Justin, correct me if I'm wrong, and Megan, do the same, and Jenny, you too, uh, was... That promo that they did, he did with Taz, where uh, Christian talked about Taz's bingo hall money, and then uh, Taz, Taz's witty rejoinder was, other money too, other money too. <laughs> that must be it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's the only, that's the only, like, interaction I can remember them having since the year 2000 or so. 